Oh, Canada. Just when we thought we were turning a page when it came to our uh, country's soccer program, reality comes to slap us right in the face, kick us when we're down, spit on us, and even stop on us a little bit. But that's okay. We move on here in Canada. I'm Andrew Millenni, and I'm joined here by the wonderful crews on a new episode of The House That Happens. We'll also get into baseball's trading trade deadline, running backs in the NFL, and a little bit of hockey because, you know, this is Toronto. Cruz, how you doing? Very, very good. Uh, it's been a pretty good week leading into this long weekend because we should let everybody know that we are recording on the Monday of the long weekend, correct? That is correct. And I hope everybody's had a fabulous, outrageous, cataclysmic weekend. And I don't know what you call today's holiday. However... Civic holiday. It's a civic <laughs> holiday. But it was originally named Simcoe Day. Did you know that? I did. Okay, and they still call it Simcoe Day. So I think it's very, very important for people to learn a little history that don't know about this. Especially me, I'm African-Canadian of uh, Caucasian mixed mongrel who was born in Nova Scotia. And if you anything know about that, that was the end of the Underground Railroad. What people don't know about Lord Simcoe, and I think that every rapper, every Black Lives Matter person, anybody that has any problems with race, which we're going to try not to bring up in this show, as no, is that Lord Simcoe came to North America. He almost shot George Washington, by the way, in a battle before World War II, uh, the Civil War, which a lot of people didn't know. American Revolutionary Revolution. War, yes, you mean? Yeah, yeah, okay. And he seen what was going on with the slave trade in America. And he went back home to England, and England became the first country to abolish slavery. Wow. In the world. So whenever you want to talk about on this holiday, I would like to uh, think of it as Lord Simcoe Day and appreciate the fact that a man of his stature was able to go home, see the, the inhumanity dealing with another race and said, this has got to end. But he is the, really the, even though we've had slavery in every race and every place around the world, I think he should be given props because of the um, stigma of, of slavery in North America. And he was the man that said, no, it's got to stop. Cheers to Lord Simcoe. Definitely it is. So, how was your week, Mr. Milani? Uh, pretty good. I went to a couple birthday celebrations for my buddy Johan, turned 30. He had a surprise party thrown by his brother on uh, on the Wednesday night because his brother couldn't be there for the party yesterday. So, he oh. came all the way from Michigan for one night. God bless Michigan. Yeah, God bless Michigan to yeah. throw him a party for that one night. Johan was uh, super surprised. Oh, good. Uh, Happy birthday, yeah. buddy. And then uh, we had his uh, scheduled birthday party yesterday, a little pool party, which was always nice. That, yeah. uh, him and his parents always throw for us, so we're uh, You guys know that thankful. the 30s is the second part of the waste of your life, right? <laughs> the 20s are the first, and then oh, the yeah. 30s you get a mess, because between 40 and 60, I tell everybody, those are going to be the best years of your life. You don't even know it yet. Really? Yes, okay. yes. Just keep yourself alive. That's all you got to okay, do. I'll try. You know I'll I mean? try my best. That's all you got to do. In any event, when we like to start the show, we do have some serious subject matter we'd like to to get to but at the beginning of the show we, we'd like to throw out some things that have gone on in the last week that sometimes irritate or drive me crazy or things that I could accept just a little antidote that I don't know I'd like to know my partner here what he has to think about it but one of the things that's starting to irritate me about sports is um, playing with traditions you know what I'm okay. talking about traditions one of the traditions is this someone brought up the idea that they should change the Ohio State Michigan game to a different part of the season. 
Okay, like uh, it always ends the season. The Big Ten okay. season ends with Ohio State and Michigan, regardless of what their positions are and everything. It's a huge game, just like back in the day when USC always played Notre Dame and that got mixed up, and Michigan played Notre Dame. I'm just pissed that someone would even bring it up. It's not going to happen. Why? Why would they want to change it though? That's my question. It's something about that. What we would do is it would it would um, uh, for the playoffs. It has to do with the playoffs. So instead of them waiting like to see, because it's always Michigan and and the yeah. Big Ten's getting bigger. Because it's now, it's just going to yeah, be... Yeah, there's three. that big Pac-12 exodus. Yeah, so it's going to be like, it's going to be three geographical locations yeah. or the big five, as they're going to say, is probably going to drop to the big three. But why are we playing with traditions in any way? You know what I'm saying? Like, if we have a... They're not going to change the masters in the opening ceremonies no. and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I really get irritated when they come up with saying something like, let's, let's change the Michigan... Ohio State game. I jumped out of my couch and don't I don't think, think they're going to do it. I don't think they're idea. Just to bring it up is 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 freaking absolutely ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm all for change for a purpose, but change for the sake of change has never been something that I've been fond of. It has to do with the TV. I know that and scheduling and whether or not it's going to make the playoffs more because then it would be more valuable. They said if Michigan and Ohio State already decide who beat who, it would be better for the rankings to come down afterwards. I'm saying that's just a bunch of people that are into analytics. <laughs> Okay, so no, 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 you're going to keep it, it there. That sounds like a gambling thing to me. People just oh, want to make sure their bets are more safe. <laughs> maybe that's what it is, too. We can't forget the two things. Analytics and gambling are now just screwing everything oh. up I grew up and loved. And they're screwing each other, too. So. Oh, at the same time. <laughs> and thinking of screwing things up, I heard something else this week, Andrew, that I just absolutely lost my shit on. I think I told you this. Some moron... In the world of professional golf, okay, has brought up the uh, preposition that perhaps maybe the pros could play with a flight restricted golf ball. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. <laughs> I'm wondering if I'm going to hear a dumber thing this week. This is not softball on a Tuesday night when you're playing with your girlfriend. You know you get her a mask on because a line drive might make her lose, her, lose yeah. her teeth. Okay? And the park's got a little smaller. And I don't say, you know what it is? If technology's gotten good enough that you can hit the ball from, um, I don't know, Minnesota to Milton, more power to you. Don't you agree? I agree. You know what I mean? So that's another thing that came up this week. And I thought to myself, what more can you alter? But this is golf. A restricted golf ball? Professional golf, too. Professional golf is what I'm hearing. However, uh, that being said, Tiger Woods has now been moved into the... Seniors Tour? No. Oh. He's now on the board of directors, so he's oh. got the leash of the... Uh, what's his name? Finahan, I think I named the, the oh, PGA um, Tour guy. What's the, what's the president of the PGA Tour? Anyways, they say Tiger's yeah, now got him, yeah. him on a leash. I don't know if that's true, so let's, that's <laughs> down the road. Be, it might be. Okay, um... Another thing that I, I that came up this week, and I don't know what your opinion is on it, but I really thought that uh, it showed me the character of this guy because I haven't been his best fan or anything. But what do you think of Sean Payton? Sean Payton? The coach of the Denver Broncos. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of his. I mean, Bounty Gate certainly was a little bit of a stain on him. Okay, and he only won one Super Bowl, and he had Drew Brees. I mean, one Super Bowl is still... Oh, one no, one Super Bowl is one Super Bowl, and I think he's only had two losing records. I, I think I know where you're going with this, but the comments uh, to the former coach in Denver. Oh, come on, buddy. Okay, Nathaniel Hackett. Aaron Rodgers, or should I say, as Mrs. Milani would say, Aaron Frodgers, <laughs> yes, um, yes. Is, a, is, is, is his best friend, and he's gone back to the Jets, and he's going to be a um, 
the offensive coordinator who is extremely successful with Rodgers in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, and we've said in this show in previous episodes that some people will turn out to be coordinators and some people will turn out to be head coaches. Same way in the NHL. Some guys, they're, they're great assistant coaches. They're just not made to be a good head coach. Okay. Which isn't a bad thing. No, not at all, especially if you are an expert in your field. Yep. yep. So my take it on is this. Sean Payton left New Orleans because he thought he was going to get the Dallas job. It didn't work out that way. That is 100% true. Okay, now I would say this. If Dallas had have lost, the, did they lose the first playoff game? No, they won the playoff game, then they lost. Yeah. Okay, if they had lost that first playoff game, I do believe that Sean Payton would now be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I do believe that. I think that Jerry Jones' sons at least, like especially Steve, tug on dad, say don't jump too much. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? But now that he's in, in Denver, let's tell the truth. Let's tell the truth. What is he doing really by trashing Nathaniel Hackett? Is there a code? Is there not a code? I want to go to the Tony Kornheiser school of thought, and I'm hoping someday somebody can play this for Mr. Kornheiser because, Tony, I love you to death. Love to do a round of golf, have dinner, whatever. As he says, come on, this is covering up for Russell Wilson. I think this is. 100%. And yeah. I'm glad that when you watch a sports show that someone just doesn't – that's why PTI is such a great show. Why cut to the chase? Here's why you did it, buddy. Yeah. You tried to humiliate another man to pull the Someone in the coaching another. fraternity, too. And somebody in the coaching fraternity. You know what I mean? Like, I like thought, you think you'd hear a player ever say that about another player? Like, oh, he did shit here last year? Like, no way. Oh, you know what And then he'd be thrown to the curb by the other players for doing that, too. Of course he would, or there'd be a fight like in the Cleveland-Texas game a couple days ago, <laughs> whatever the case may be. Like, once, once these people start yapping, there's going to be swinging. You yep. know what I mean? And Tim Anderson, keep your hands up next time. But in any event, um, I'm not impressed with Sean Payton. I've never been a Denver Bronco fan. And if you don't think this guy has an ego, you should have heard him on TV last year. And oh, by the way, as he got to Denver, who was made to exit? Oh, yes, Nathaniel Hackett. No. Oh. Elway. Oh, oh, that's correct, yes. Yes. Uh, Sean Payton came in one door. Elway. Elway what does that tell you? Can't have two roosters in the hen house, correct? Sure. I mean, I don't think Elway was the greatest manager, executive anyways in football. He'd made some good moves. He'd made some a lot of stinkers as well. Oh, he made a few. <laughs> Bottom line is he did. He, he went to two Super Bowls and he won one. Okay. Yeah. And he's he's uh, ironically like he was good at assembling a defense. It was the offensive oh, yes. part, especially finding a quarterback that was became a nightmare. Don't, had, you, don't had, you think that's oxymoronic though? Of course it is. But <laughs> he he said like his perspective was that like he knew how to build a defense because he just built like all the things that he wouldn't want to see as a quarterback. So he was able to like reverse engineer it. Meanwhile, when you're like that offensive like genius whatever, it may be hard to like relay a lot of that to other people. So I kind of understand where he's coming from there. Agreed. I, but I thought it was interesting. And I'm glad you talked about the reverse engineering because um, I've always thought that. I never put it in that perspective. I've learned something new today. Is that right? Denver always had a good D the whole time. Arguably great defenses. Top 10 to yep. top 5. Every, every year. Every year that, that Elway was the general manager. Which, which you're saying, like, because being a quarterback. But that, that's true, too. Because, like you say, you're going to end up, you know, what, what you don't want to see. What can you attack? Yeah. What can you do? How do I defend it? So um, on that thing, I'm, but anyway, that's not what the issue is. And I'm glad Elway did that. I was just saying that I think that Sean Payton is an egotistical maniac. And he's dealing with a bitch diva named Russell Wilson. And if the whole thing collapses, that's great because I hated the Orange Crush. And the only time I cheered for the Dallas Cowboys is when they got, they crushed Denver 
in the 70s <laughs> over the famous Craig Morton Roger Staubach start. You don't know that history. I don't. Okay, in any event, Denver got it. They got sodomized, and I love it. I didn't it. even know they played each other. That was in a Super Bowl? Or? In a Super Bowl. I, I didn't even know they played each other in the Super Bowl. Yes, they did. And once upon a time, Tom Landry, before he was great, did the stupidest thing ever in sports, and he used to rotate his quarterbacks during the series. In game. In game. Wow. That's that's absurd. <laughs> is it not? This is Tom Landry. I know. This the Tom Landry. The Tom Landry. Uh, you ever get to see a documentary on Get Back On It? Anyways, it was between Craig Morton and Roger Staubach. Roger okay. Staubach, that, arguably Rod, the, top The guy. Morton name rings a bell, so I think I think I might have heard of this before. And anyways, they went at it. Anyway, Staubach had to wait because he went to Navy. Yeah. So uh, people don't realize this, but Roger Staubach went to Vietnam. Even though he was in a safe place. Yeah, he was in Vietnam. He did two tours of Vietnam because he, when you play in the Navy and you get it, they may remember David Robinson in basketball. Yep, well, I didn't yep. play. You have to do your time in the thing. So by the time he came to camp, Craig Morton was making noise about this is the chance that, um, yeah. that we could do something, okay? And um, Morton was a starter. Sabak was coming in. And Landry didn't know what this, wasn't sure. Like this is one of the only time, this is the only blemish probably on Landry's career, except for losing to Baltimore a little bit earlier, not knowing, like, I guess you figured out as your coach. Sure. In any event, um, Staubach and Morton were the same thing. Finally, the, the players pulled Landry aside and said, hey, man, got to go with one guy. Roger the Dodger looks good. They went on to win the Super Bowl. A couple of years later, they didn't need two quarterbacks. Denver picks up Morton. Next thing you know, in the Super Bowl, who is the starting quarterback? Roger Staubach <laughs> against Craig Morton. Funny how it works that way. Oh, it was just great. And I and I never liked Morton. I never liked Denver, the Orange Crush, all that bullshit. And what ended up happening is they got killed. Dallas killed them. Oh, sure. You what's I mean? I'm trying to think of what's like the closest comparison to like another sport where like a player giving up on a guy and then running into them in the championship. Like That'd be an interesting The only one I could think of is like uh, Edmonton trading Andy Moog and then running into him in, in the, the finals. finals like, with interesting. Boston, uh, yeah. That's the only one that really comes to mind, but... Um, can I tell... Can I just... Throw and I guess it worked the reverse, because Boston traded Bill Ramford to Edmonton. He was playoff MVP when they beat them in 1990, so... Okay, anybody, did you just hear that? By the time that Mr. Milani gets to my age, he will be an encyclopedia <laughs> of ridiculous trivia that you can never imagine. I thought I know a little bit. That's great comeback, buddy. Uh, that, that, very good. Okay, so I'm going to keep on well, going. that wasn't a comeback. That's just, I mean, yeah. just a good thing, okay? Um... <laughs> I want to. One of the things I was going to say that um, I don't know how to approach this one, and maybe you can help me out as a libertarian. Okay, you are. Can I'll help you out. Okay, as a libertarian. When I hire someone tomorrow for my team, okay, do I have to announce what their race or what their gender is? <laughs> I don't think so. Then why are we keep doing it? <laughs> I don't. The other day, I'm not going to say who, mob, I'm know. not going to say nothing. I'm just looked up. Is this sports related? Or? Yes, 100% sports oh, related. Then you have to name okay, I knew, No, no, I'm not going to say nothing because Come I on. don't want to verify. Okay, I'm going to tell you to find it out. You, you go research this. Anybody find out? There's a new coach in the NFL. He's a, is he a coordinator or a, like a QB coach. And he just announced that he's gay. And everyone's going, isn't this oh, great? I've heard about this. Gay. Okay, yeah. so my question is. How do we not? How do we normalize this? If not every time we get up there, we gotta announce the guy. Oh, he's Cherokee Indian from frickin' Montana. He's the great 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 grandfather of Cochise. Mm-hmm. Come on, stop it. You know what I mean? If I get a job tomorrow, what are they gonna say? Oh, that's the Cruz from Scotia, Underground Railroad descendant. <laughs> stop it. If we're gonna make it normal. Right? Don't yeah. you agree with me? And yeah. oh, by the way, us at the house that happens. That's why I didn't. I I I, I meant this. Uh, 
I'll let you finish, but I got a take on this. Okay, good. Anyways, my I, I, that's why I'm bringing it up. I knew you'd have a take. And I like your, your thinking about that, the clashes here, because I think you're going to take me down a good road on this. My purpose is this. Let's get back to the equality thing. Mm-hmm. I'm always about equal. So if everyone's going to be equal, how do we got to treat them equal? They don't say, hey, the white guy from Etobicoke just got a coach on the Blue Jays, do they? No, but okay, this isn't exactly about race, though. Sexuality, like especially like homosexuality in sports, we've gotten into this. There's a lot of pressure there for people that uh, okay. are, yeah, they're, that are like, okay. let's say, uh, gay in the closet or whatever, not exactly out with it, okay. to come out and kind of normalize it. So I, I don't know. I, I, I just think, you know, there's some other factors coming into play with this one. Like, I mean, and, like, I think there's probably an area, too, like, where some, I don't know, because there are players that are in the closet, and there just are, just law of averages. Of course. Yeah. Okay, but, okay, continue, continue. I, I just think... It's a tough subject. It is a tough subject. Yes, it is. I don't, I don't really, like, take issue with it, because it's not, like, something like your race, your gender, where you can kind of, like, clearly see it, right? It's, some, it's, like, it's another aspect where we're talking about something that, you know, you can keep hidden... It's something that people want to normalize, uh, which, which is a tough subject, especially in male sports, which can be very homophobic. So I don't have a problem with them announcing, like saying that he's gay or whatever, um, to try to normalize it. Because I think a lot of that needs to happen in sports where this does become normalized, where there's a lot, of, like, a lot less of this, you know, uh, homophobic rhetoric thrown around, you know? I agree with you because then that's what ends up happening is like we had the issue now with the NHL saying we're not going to have any more promo nights. Yeah. Which I think is now you, that's a step backward that instead, is a step backwards, instead yeah. of taking a step forward. But at the same time, okay, we just had um, like look at all the cultural events we just have in Toronto. We have a caravan this weekend. This weekend, yeah. Huge shout out to all of those people. I'm glad there was less violence than usual, which mm-hmm. is great because we don't want to have any more stigmatization on certain events. Mm-hmm. But my take on it is this, okay? I come from a mixed racial family. There is actually some people in my family that happen to be homosexual. This is normal for me. Yeah. Uh, there's a, I think it's maybe just because the way I was brought up yeah. or the circumstances in w- within my family that you knew certain things all the time, but it was accepted because they were still good people. Yeah. They didn't do anything. They were contributing. They were doing all the things they were supposed to. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I just get a little bit like I want to know before I die, when does it get normal? Yeah, I'd like to know that too. I hope we do get to a place where it becomes. Because I'm very happy the guy got the job, and I'm and I, I think that he got his job on his credentials. Yeah. that's what I'm getting at. So I'm just saying out there, there's uh, gay people that can split the atom. There's black people that can split the atom. There's women, women that, that can, can split, split the, the atom. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm getting at, and I'm hoping that someday that the guy can get on there, and we find about it later. Like, can I give my classic example? I watch around the horn, and I always watch the basketball things on and. I really like Israel Gutierrez. Yep. I don't know when I found out he was gay. I don't care that he's gay. I like the guy. He's great. And when he threw it on a show one day, it kind of taken me aback how he said something blatantly about his sexuality that was so smooth on his take that I go, that's normal. Yep. Israel, you're just making it normal. I want to I have a huge shout out to Israel Gutierrez because he made, to me, his statement made it normal. Yep. And he's an openly gay man on TV every day talking sports. And he's a sideline reporter and some say the most macho of sports, which is the NBA. Yeah. And the reason around the league is they say 3% of the men in the NBA are gay. Just like you said, the numbers 
even though they're probably in the closet. But anyways, yeah, exactly. don't want to take too long on this issue. I'm glad we got to bride it up because here at the house that happens, man, we're all equal all the time. Yep. All the time. We love everybody. Now We're, we're homies with the homos here on uh, We're homies. I love that. Thank you very much. I want to bring up two other little interesting things that um, um, came up this week. One of them was, I don't know if you know this, but um, the Inside the Park home run is very hard to come by, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay, so 50 years ago, was it 50 years ago I heard this? And I thought, here's the punchline. I'll make it really quick because it's funny. I don't even know who Dick Allen is. No. Look up Dick Allen. He was a baseball character. <laughs> he won the home run title hitting 32 when the hitting was so bad. Oh, he was boy. around with that. He hit 32 home runs. Yeah. And won the okay. I'm not saying that Dick, Ad Dick Allen had an attitude. I'm saying that he had a supersized attitude. <laughs> he was a brother. Okay. Anyways, he hit two inside the park home runs. And the guy that, that uh, in the game, which is, has, has happened one more time, but here's the coincidence. He, you know who Burt Bylevin is? No, I don't. He's one of the greatest left-handed pitchers in baseball. Okay. Look him up. He's just a great, uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. Great, great pitcher. Had the hook from hell. You didn't see it coming. Your, your knees buckled. You went to the thing. Any event, he hit two home runs, inside the park home runs, and Burt Bylevin was on the mound. Okay. Okay. The next guy to hit two inside the park home runs was a guy named Greg Gagne, who was a serviceable player on the level of, say, uh, Rance Mullinix, Ed Sprague, okay. that type of player. He hit two inside the park home runs. 13 years later for a win for Burt Bylevin. Hmm. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Is that, I had to bring it up because I just said, what? So here so you what are. What are the chances? What are the, the chances of, like, you're in the game where you lose because there's two inside the park home runs. 15 years later, you win a game because a guy hits two inside the park. Oh, that's just, isn't that? Serendipitous. Yes, isn't it? I mean, I just, I had to bring that up because it's just one of those weird sports anecdotes. When I heard it, I went. That's a cool story. Isn't it? Though? I just went, Damn. <laughs> Damn, that's just freaking really, really, really weird, okay? Um, uh, one more thing I wanted to bring up about, um, I can't, Carl Lloyd, but I can't, I can't forget where I was going with that, but I think it would be um, di uh, remiss, is because we're going to bring up soccer lady lately. What about the messy magic? Oh. <sighs> Am I surprising this, you bringing that one up? up? This guy's I'm not a soccer guy. Have you seen? I had to bring it. I caught you off guard, didn't I? Yeah, he did. There you go. What about the messy? Me, Cruz, who knows my dog is learning. My dog, Stanley, is almost caught up to me in his soccer knowledge, okay? <laughs> He's getting good. He's getting real good. But what do you think about the messy magic? I mean, it's as advertised. What else can oh, you say? Oh, my God. Uh, you Listen, we've discussed this because you, I'm not, I don't want to say why, but anyways. I don't have to say where you live. None of that stuff. You're a soccer guy. You could, yeah, I'm you not. You say where I live. Okay, okay. Anyways, I, I am not. But I, I, I do pay attention on the, of the level of competition because that's what we do at the house that happens. Yep. We want the level of competition. And um, this messy thing has blown me away. Okay, not only that. Let's take a trail here now. Let's go all the way back to when they tried to get soccer in the 70s. Who did they bring in? Pele, Pele and Chichinglia, or whatever his name is. And Be Beckenbauer, I forgot about him. Yes, great yes he German came to New York Cosmos, too. Yeah, remember, remember Beckenbauer, great soccer player who's... Who, did he win a World Cup? Yes, he did. 1974. Or 74, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, he's oh, no, no, yeah, 74, 74. Anyway, he, another great soccer player. Nothing moved. Beckham has come. That guy that went to L.A. who was hilarious all the time. He was good. Nobody has moved a needle in the MLS 
like Messi. Agreed? Oh, no comparison. Okay, no so comparison. What do you think Ronaldo's saying in Saudi Arabia right now on Sky TV? <laughs> oh, I know what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're the best league in the world. Ah, Ronaldo, you went there because guess what? You're a schmuck anyway. I always like Messi better than Ronaldo. And I, I guess, well, you made that clear thank throughout you. these shows. Thank you very much. But anyways, I think that this is amazing that this guy... Okay, let's get something straight. He's not exactly in his prime, but he's what, 33? Yeah, he, I, I would I say he's he just passed his prime. Just passed his prime? Just but, passed. He's okay. still got like, a lot of good football left to play, though. Oh, definitely. And I don't think we've ever had a player of this caliber come to the MLS at this time. Beckham came way later. Yeah, you Beckham know, was at the tail end. At the tail end. That yeah. part. But what I'm saying is moving the needle. Um, remember one of his deals was with Apple? Yep. Guess what? <laughs> Subscriptions are going up. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, like they were talking about the other day, I went to, and, and I, I think, again, my good friend, Mr. Kornheiser, who is about as soccer-oriented as I am. <laughs> Maybe less so. <laughs> Maybe less so. Instead of these, he went. When he went, damn, what's going on with his messy stuff? I, I, like, I was thinking that anyway, but I'm watching PTI, which I'll reference any chance I get. And here's the guy I've been watching forever who dismisses soccer like he does napkins at a good restaurant. And he goes, this messy magic. That's where I got it from. He goes, this messy magic. I went, what? But I mean, look at the attendance. Is, 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 um, is Inter-Miami got a trip to Toronto before the season's out? Oh, I have no idea. They're, they're knocking on the door of TFC, though. They're going to pass them like any day now here. I'm not going to bring that up because I'm going to I'm going to get the TFC momentarily. However, I, I just want to say with this messy stuff, I hate to say it, but I told you so. Yes, you did, and I didn't believe you. I, no, I you didn't believe it. I up said, until ah, a couple weeks ago, you didn't ah, believe me. And I'm still saying I don't know. It's, is it is it going to be like um, because it's so new? I want to see when they get down to the championships and when all that stuff's going on, when the competition's new. It's like just a new girlfriend. A, just wait till it's a full season of messy next year. Okay, then we're going to see. It's like a new girlfriend. She's the greatest in the first. Oh, that, that, well, that that was more like uh, Insigne and Bernadeschi with the TFC oh, last summer. That was just that's rude. Oh, by the way, TFC, you now become the laughing stock of North America and franchises going spending money. You're right up there with the New York Mets. <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> I knew you were going yeah, there. Right up there with the New York Mets, who we're going to get to a little later in the oh, show. Oh yes. Okay. Um, Anything else for housekeeping before we get to uh, the Women's World Cup? I've got one more thing, but if you want to have anything you want to bring to me, because I seem to be dominating this thing, uh, and you're going to love my last one because I'm losing my shit on this one. And tell everybody what I'm wearing today as a prelude. Okay, you're, you're wearing your black Detroit Lions jersey, number nine, Mr. Drew Stafford. The, no, Matt. Matt Stafford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I saying? Okay, it's all good. We'll give you that. If anything, because i got one more thing to bring up before we go on. Anything you want to? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, shout out to the Toronto Argonauts. Oh Toronto's yeah, it's good. Team. They good, unfortunately got their first loss of the season on Friday night against uh, the Calgary Stampeders. Twenty to seven loss at the McMahon Stadium. Yeah, uh, losing at McMahon Stadium is no. Um, what would you say? That's not a fall down. No, absolutely Calgary, not. No matter what Calgary's record is, when they play at McMahon Stadium, they show up. It, it, and I mean, Toronto's still going to run away with this Eastern Division. Either way, I still want them to win the championship. Still, she, they got. They're gonna have a good shot. Oh, Kirsty, and this and Kelly playing quarterback. I'm not seeing a bad game the other night. Oh, I did watch some of it. He missed a couple guys, but this guy's gonna lead him back. Yeah, he'll be a back to get back. And you know what's gonna happen to him? He's gonna get a sniff in the NFL camp again. I really believe that. Because, I believe that because he was an SEC quarterback. He had some yep. player issues. Speaking of player issues, big shout out to Johnny Manziel. Hope he's feeling better. You heard about Johnny Manziel, right? No. What's what happened? Uh, his parents pulled him aside. He was thinking of suicide. Oh boy! Yeah. So he's had he's been diagnosed as bipolar. He's had good luck, Johnny Menzel. 
Yeah. Once we go to the house that happens, we we respect things like that. Don't worry about don't worry about anything else. Your health, your family comes first. Yeah, health always comes first. Health and family. Okay, can I have one last kitchen cleanup, even though we've taken almost a half an hour to deal with <laughs> these? I think it. it's gonna be fun when you listen back to this. I'm going to tell you why the world's so goddamn soft. I'm going to tell you why the world is a loser. You guys piss me off. My good friend, Mr. Dan Campbell. He's not my good friend, but I want him to be the coach of the Detroit Lions. All he wanted to do was bring a live lion down on the field, and they said no. Why not? We're the Detroit Lions. They bring one of those bulldogs at Georgia, don't they? They bring one of those that freaking, they bring the Sooner around the field, don't they? What else do they bring out? They bring out, didn't they bring out an Auburn Tigers? They brought out a Tiger one year. What, Wait, what year was that? That doesn't matter. This, <laughs> it does I don't care. Your world has gotten too soft. We're the Detroit Lions. And you know what? My feet are getting sore. You know what? Stomping you people trying to get on the bandwagon. You know what? When you're a disciple of the Detroit Lions and people, oh, Cruz, I'm walking in people. I went in the beer store the other way and go, there's Mr. Lion. And I turned around and said, you better respect that. And if you're trying to get on the bandwagon, I'm stomping on your feet. <laughs> Okay, I'm taking this so, seriously let, now let, since I've started. Let's back up just about 10,000 steps there. Please. So, so <laughs> first of all. This ain't funny. <laughs> no, this, this is hilarious, actually. Dan Campbell wants to bring a live lion onto the sideline of the Detroit Lions. Because the lion game. will chew your kneecaps off, okay? This, I mean, this if this is not just like the embodiment of Dan Campbell, then I don't know what I is. I love this guy. Oh, man. Like, first of all, like, kudos for the idea. I can completely see why the lines turn out. We'll have Tyson bring it on like in Hangover. We'll have Tyson be like a hold up. Tyson will on the leash in a Lions jersey. Not even in a cage on a leash. Or maybe, like, can you imagine Mike Tyson in a Billy Sims jersey (laughs) on the sideline holding the leash of the the Lions as we win in overtime? I want to be in Ford Field at that moment. Like, the the logistics of bringing a lion into the stadium. I don't even want to think about that. Can I tell you something? Something that I'm saying why everyone should never be afraid. Back in the day, when I was young, I used to have to pay child support. Yes. So I had two jobs. One of them was a DJ. Sometimes my DJ uh, career ended me up in urban ballet palaces. <laughs> okay? Because you had to make money, right? At the time, there was a young lady by the name of Jane, Jana Jones. And part of her show was a tiger. <laughs> I'm talking a Bengal tiger. So when I got in there, part of my show when I got extra money for this is I had to sit across the stage and when she gave it a signal, because it came over and they put something on me so the tiger could smell, smell me or whatever. And during her show, when she rode around on the tiger, she got up the tiger and she made this command. The tiger came over, put his, t- put his hands, paws on my legs. Now let me tell you this. Once that tiger put his paws on my legs, my legs didn't move. Yeah, no shit. And then the tiger smiled, opened his mouth, and whipped out his tongue. If this tiger decided to take a bite, I was dead. And you want something like this on the sideline. Because he's well-trained. He never hurt me. I was scared. I did it twice. Accidents happen, Cruz. You never watched Tiger King, did you? No, but I seen Siegfried (laughs) and Freud. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But I heard he was having a heart attack, and the lion tried to save him. (sighs) I'm saying I did it twice. The first time I was nervous, the second time I was not. But do you know how big a tiger's head is? When a tiger has, first, no, we know the first thing I noticed about his head, but you know what I really noticed is the size of the tiger's paws. Like he came right up and he put his paws. Like this. Yes. Like he this. put his paws on my thighs like this and looked up and opened his mouth and whipped out his tongue and did something else and he walked back to the girl. Yeah. So Dan Campbell, I think it was the most excellent idea for the for you to try to get a live lion on the field. Um, I think the rest of the world has gotten too soft. 
And now, can I say it one more time? Tony. You say that up until there's like deaths and accidents caused by this. Hey, line. wait a second. Okay, wait a second. The only guy I'm That's disagreeing with nightmare. is my guy. You know who didn't want to do this? Tony Kornheiser told me it was nuts. I said, Tony, I got. I can't agree with you all the time. Love you to death. <laughs> not on this one. I want my lion on the side of the field, and I'm not watching Lion King because I don't like hyenas anyway. Not even the animated one, like the '90s one. That movie's uh, great. That's no, good a classic. In any event, it's I think classic. that's. I think we should get to the meat of the show. That was a lot of fun doing the house cleaning. Yes. You know what I mean. Um, Women's World Cup Canada, unfortunately, was not able to make it past the group stage. They drew their first game against Nigeria, which we got to. They won their second game against Republic of Ireland, two to one, uh, and then on their final third and final match, they lost four nil to Australia. Okay, so let's take a big look at this for a second here, okay? Yes. Um, the reason I think it's very, very, very important that we bring this up, because everyone, as we were talking about, I didn't even believe in the messy thing. I'm not a soccer person or whatever. But, I mean, I believe in um, when sports becomes a national, when it's on a national level, I first and foremost, let's say one thing. Everybody's equal, okay? This ain't the NHL and the WNBA or whatever. This is your national team. You're putting a maple leaf on the front of your jersey. So first and foremost, everybody's equal. Don't you agree? Yes. Doesn't yes. matter. If you are playing for the skeet shooting team or you're playing for Team Canada Hockey, I believe we're under the same umbrella because what that boils down to is I think you're going to work tomorrow, aren't you? I will. And so will I. And I bet you they're going to take a bunch of money off your paycheck called income tax, right? Yes. And I think they're going to take some of that taxes and what are they going to support? Our uh, national yeah. teams. Yes. So, Sporting Canada. Which is great. Yes. Which is great because it gives a, a sense of national pride. I think we should bring our programs up. But it cannot be one of the failures of this, and I hate to say this because we're going to have this as a statistic for Team Canada. No team has won the Olympics and then lost in the group round in the World Cup in, yeah. in, in, in men or women's soccer. This has never happened before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean... I was kind of going through the reasons uh, in prep for the show why Canada kind of went out like, you know, the way they did uh, with a whimper rather than a bang. And I mean, let's be real. This all starts out at the top. The okay, the organization. Canada, okay, yeah. okay. So my, my, my thing is, I'm going to let you go on, but here's a phrase I've been working on all week. Has the gold medal win at the Olympics tarnished the Canadian program? Has the medal tarnished the Canadian program? Go ahead with your... I'm going to tell you uh, why I, I think it is. You, th you think it has tarnished it? A bit, yeah. Okay. But go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, the big thing is that, like, they weren't able to schedule competitive games for, like, the last... what They haven't played, a, a like, a real competitive game since, like, April before the lead-up to this tournament, which is completely... Uh, Insane. And, and, and like, uh, it's just not ever been done before. Where usually, like, you have, like, three exhibition matches before going to a World Cup, and usually you have, like... A home match to where your your fans can kind of send you off. None of that happened this time. Big red flag. Huge. And under and that aspect was really underreported coming into the tournament. I think another thing that we we alluded to on one of our shows is that the organizational problems with um, the the financial situation was very very cloudy. Huge, huge. Okay, so now what we have decided to do here in the house that happens is um, we both took a look at what was going on in this, and we had a series of names like we could name who the president of the national. Uh, Canadian yes. National Soccer League. We can name the assistant. We can name the agents. We can name who are people here now. But the problem is, 
where the issues came to matter, all of those people are now gone. Yeah, it was the previous regime. The previous regime's gone. So it's hard to bring up people's names and uh, about issues that are happening with the national team. But here's one of the things that really, really irked me about this. If we didn't take the money, if we didn't have the money, because part of the reason you said we didn't have these teams, for example, if you want to play uh, Portugal in Canada as a friendly... You have to pay for that team to come here. You have yes. to do their thing, okay? And I think that's cool because another country may pay Canada to go there. Sure. To go and sure. play there. If we didn't have my taxpayers' dollars, have enough taxpayers' dollars to pay for a team to come to Canada so we can have a great exhibition game before we went to the World Cup, that's massive failure, bro. Huge. Massive Huge. failure. You know what I mean? Which is now, we should go take a look at the organization and say, what is going on here? Correct? Yes. Okay. Another thing that's happened, we had this issue about player representatives. And I, I, I want to get it straight because I really don't understand it. Maybe you can fill me in here. Because remember, about 45 days before the World Cup, we weren't even, we didn't have our qualifications in with FIFA yet. Yes. Remember, we went right to the deadline. And if we didn't have our qualifications in, we weren't even going to be eligible to go. We were going to lose our, our, yeah, our spot, our spot <laughs> in the World Cup. How did that happen? Like, what were we doing? Like, we qualified for the World Cup, and now we're getting 45 days ago. It's like um, Formula One where you didn't have the right wing yeah. on your car or you put something in that you need to change going into the race. That's nuts. This, this From the outside, this looks like scummy negotiating from, from oh, Soccer Canada. Next level. Next level. Now, here's the part that really blows my mind. Again, I don't want to bring up names because I really believe that I thought when we won the gold medal at the Olympics that these girls had reason to scream because the Canadian men's team has done nothing since I didn't have hair on my testicles, okay? And now that they've gotten this far, I really believe this. Once you got some cachet, you shout a little bit longer. So I'm saying that the leaders of the team, and I'll only bring up her name because she's been around long enough, and I'm going to say I hope that she's not a part of the problem now is people like Christine Sinclair started yelling about the irregularities, the disparities, and the iniquities that are going on with the organization that's running the national teams. And I think a lot of this starts. Right. I think a lot of this starts back in oh boy, what was this? 2019, when John Herdman got snatched away from the women's program to run the men's program. Exactly. That whole thing was very shady. The way how it went down. Exactly. Where like, none of the players knew about it. They made him keep it secret. It was a bad look for him. Uh, unfortunately, I think he was kind of played, kind of into that role. You think so? Yeah, I, I don't know enough about it, but I remember when the shift came. That's how it looked TV. on the outside to me, at least. Okay. Okay. Where like he had like this great relationship with all the players, and all of a sudden is like, kind of like had to step aside. I think that was kind of Soccer Canada manipulating him a little bit. That's how it looked like on the outside, at least. You know, so I'm I'm, I'm hearing it yeah. because went on because with that manipulation, here's the here's the people, everybody in Canada that's listening to this show. This is when we got to start talking about it because money changes everything. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, you want to find out the problems, chase the yeah, money. The anything, money. anything in life, follow the money. So, they made an interim deal. What was it? 48 hours when they had to present all their credentials to FIFA World Cup Association. Canada suddenly made a deal. They're going to go, oh, but here is the problem with the deal. No details were released. This is the third time like you were talking about with that coach. Yeah. And I forget the other deal, but it's three deals in a row that affected um, Soccer Canada nationally that no details were released to the press. Yeah. Why is that? 
Ugh. <laughs> Something stinks. Scum- That's why. Scummy man- manipulation? Yeah. I mean, soccer can has been like this since, I mean, I can remember. Like, I, you hear it all the time growing up in, in Woodbridge. We're like, there's a lot of great soccer talent there. Always passed up on. No one no, no, never scouted there. Why is that? Hmm. Why is that? Hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to go there yet because I'm going to tell you. Here's My buddy a- Dom, he was a fantastic prospect in high school. It was great up until like his mid 20s. And not to say he's not a fantastic athlete now, he still is. But, like, I mean, in his mid-20s, he was still looking fantastic. And people would be like, why didn't he get scouted? Why didn't he get scouted? Uh, you know? Okay, so Sorry now, to put you on the spot there, Dom. I know you listen to the show, but. Oh, great guy. I'm, <laughs> I, I wish you had made it because here's the next step that I'm just trying to say there. And that's why I brought up Miss Christine Sinclair's name. When this contract or this interim deal went on, there was also a question about the roster. Who was going to play yeah. on this roster? Now, what happened with it, which I didn't really realize, so look at number, and we're going to bring up the girls' names in the next competition. We love you all, girls, but we don't want to point fingers at any of us because I'm not exactly accurate, and I don't want to say something to insult anybody. But there was definitely a uh, changing of the guard that didn't change the guard. 100%. Okay, so 100%. But, okay, so maybe some. Now, what I'm saying is you had an interim deal, and nobody knows anything about it. No one knows what's going on. Did they play those senior players? Those senior players said, we want a chance to be there because they want to play again next year in the World Cup or, or in the Olympics? Because we're automatically in the Olympics because we're defending champions. Yeah. Okay, so we've already qualified for the Olympics. Did something go on that maybe um, – you know what happens in dressing rooms if they're not together, that that will show up on the field. Now, oh, I want, Winnipeg Jets. Oh, there you go. So I don't want to say this because now I don't want to make excuses for the Canadian, the women's national team. Because they're still a good team, and I think if they sure. make a great showing next year in the Olympics, don't be surprised. What I have to do is, like, did some people get more money than other people? I wouldn't be shocked. Okay, so then what about the equality? And we got back to what we were saying. If you play on the women's national team, you get... 50 cents in an order of fries. Everybody should get the same. Did they give money to those older players to keep them quiet so that they could get on to going to the World Cup, not respecting the new guard of kids that are going to be coming in? This is strictly um, speculation by iCruise. That's my take on it, that something went wrong because they didn't play cohesively on the field. So if you didn't play cohesively on... Okay, they had a good game against Nigeria at the end. They really put pressure on. Yeah, uh, but he still didn't score a goal. Canada's that team, like, you want... They want to be on the board with, like, two, three goals. Yes. You know? Yes, okay. So what? So did you think they had a lack of cohesiveness on the field? 100%. So they, then, they really had... Especially that Nigeria game. That was oh. the one I watched the closest. Just had a lot of trouble. I mean, I'll give Nigeria credit. They played a real tough, structured defensive game. And they just and they almost went and they to it again. And they just held that wall down. Yes, okay, I agree. Now, if that went on, if there's no cohesion in the dressing room, there's no cohesion on the field. Absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue to follow up with everything Soccer Canada that I can find in the next month or so because it's really intrigued me that I'm always about the top-level competition. Every time we talk about something, what am I talking about? We're here for the top-level of competition. Do you realize this? Everybody that made it to the World Cup got $1.5 million. That is supposed to go to what? Directly to that team. That doesn't go to Soccer Canada. Okay, that doesn't go to the men's team, which I think that the girls should get equal to the men. We've already decided that. Okay. Now, because of your lack of cohesion and you miss run round, you know what the next money is? What? Almost two million. (laughs) So, which we expected. We were expected to be, what was it? Quarterfinals is what we were predicting. Okay, top eight. We're supposed to be top eight. If you made top eight, do you know you were getting about five million dollars? So if money for just for the team. So if you were an issue, if money was an issue, 
for Soccer Canada going into the tournament. How ignorant can they believe not to dress the best team to get some money that was in their hands to bring back home? Yeah, if that is the case, that's absurd. Isn't it? That's what I'm Especially saying. Especially with Todd going into the tournament about, like, I know Christine Sinclair's spot on the team was kind of not exactly being questioned, but kind of like, you know, she doesn't have the legs like she used to. She can't exactly play that same role like she used to. Exactly. Yeah. But I bet you she got the most money. Guaranteed. Okay. And, and you know, we were speculating here at the house that happens, but doesn't it make you think when all this has gone on, and look at it, it was about a money issue, and look at how much money we left on the table. Do you know Argentina is like, and, but here's the thing you got to say is different, though, They're on an international level, which may seem hypocritical, but the women's national team, I believe here, I've got it down here. Do you know that uh, Argentina got $52 million for winning the World Cup, right? Okay. Oh, the men's, yes. The men's got. Um, okay. Okay. If you finished 17 through 32, you would have got $9 million. Okay. And look at the Canadian man also had a labor dispute. So something's going, yeah, back in the day, but they're on there, but they, they were questioning what it is. But anyways, um, they get, well, the women will never get what the men get on an international level because it's the same reason the WNBA players don't get the same contract as NBA players. So we're not going to beat that dead horse. No. Okay. But what I am saying is that if you have an organization that's already having a labor dispute, can't figure out what to do with the money. Uh, you change your organizational structure because you find that there's some irregularities going on in it. You bring in a bunch of new people and then fail in the first round of the World Cup, leaving that much money on the table because your original problem was not enough money? Who? Colossal. Yeah. Big F up. Oh, Big F up. I think we should be embarrassed, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, and my worry now is like, can they clean up this mess in time for the Olympics next year? 12 months to do it, baby. But I'm just saying. But it can be done. It can be done. Well, I'm hearing we've got some 18 to 21-year-olds that are rockets oh, around yes, the field, and they're not even getting on, on the field. They were. I heard they were brought along for the experience. Yeah, for the ride, yeah. Okay, you know what? In every Canadian sport, when you get brought along for the ride and you don't bring play them, you lose. Yeah. You know? They didn't bring, uh, I don't know, what was the year Mike Liut was got, like, gave up seven goals in the Canada Cup in the end. They should brought Brodeur should have been a goalie. He was young. Mm. He was young at the time. He was too young to play. It was Patrick, whatever the case may be. But you should always give everybody the opportunity because we're saying it's equal opportunity, isn't it, bro? I'm just uh, in favor of bringing your best squad available and putting the best best players out there because I want to win. Oh! I want to win! You, did you hear that? The house that happens likes to win. Who would have you thought that? You know what I'm saying? You know, we're here in the game of winning. I never hear you say, hey, man, it's not like Bob Seeger's beautiful louvers are He's he's never had a problem with second best. We do. We don't come here to say, can we come in second? Anyways, you got 12 months, Soccer Canada. Do you think you have the ability to clean this up? That's the question. I hope so. I hope this new group that's in charge has some solution up their sleeve. The only... The I'm, I'm a little skeptical at this point, though. Oh, you're way. not skeptical? Now that I peeled back the onion, we're going to go through this again. It's just that, um, like I said, Andrew, we had to think about this seriously. We had a lot of names that we could bring up today, and I just didn't know, being that we're, we're not professionals, or we are professionals, but I'm saying, like, um, well, I haven't figured out how we do that in the future, like when we bring up names. Like, um, I only want to bring up a name if it's like, John Morant, we saw you on that video yeah, with we, the gun. We can have a conversation off air about this, if you like. Yeah, that's what yeah. we, in, in the future, we're going to do it. But anyway, good luck to the women's soccer team. We've got to put, point out this, too. A lot of the favorites in the World Cup are not around either, so I guess other countries may be having problems. Yeah, so we are 
going into the, like the round of 16 is finishing up today and already uh, a lot of big teams already eliminated uh the states got eliminated by sweden in the shootout yes. the other day um england just barely made it past nigeria in penalties today this morning in fact um argentina didn't make it argentina and italy didn't make it past the group stage brazil didn't make it past the group stage portugal didn't make it past the group stage China, who's supposed to be a pretty good team, didn't make it past the group Yeah, stage. that that caught me off guard is uh, the China. Yeah, because that, that national team is supposed to be a power, but that That's just what I wasn't their time. At the time. I, I don't know. I, I, I sometimes wonder, um, is it too much of... Um, when you have a press that's larger than others and you get more chance to expose your team it just shows the flaws in your system when you end up losing because who are we supposed to believe yeah you know what i mean like okay if you were gambling yeah and you gamble for this nobody's winning money unless you bet in the netherlands sure you know what i mean and you could be there but speaking of money i want to get on to our next subject here bro and you know what that is we're talking about the problem with money and the nfl running back situation yes you know what i mean do you know that right now that Delvin Cook does not have a job as we speak? And Ezekiel Elliott. And Ezekiel Elliott. And Josh Jacobs is not in camp. Okay. What do you think the issue is here, buddy? Money. <laughs> That's the short answer. Uh, the long answer is these running backs, or I should say, really, it starts from ownership management. They view running backs more and more as a disposable asset. They're like, these guys are only going to be effective to, like, 25 is, like, the... 27. 27. Okay, the analytics. Sure. From our good friend Mina Kimes brought up analytics. I jumped in TV and said, Mina, shut up. All the running backs must have hated her when she said it, but... She's stating facts. This yep, is, I mean, yep, this, is, this yep. is the way it's going right now, but, I mean, the problem is these guys are not being pay, paid their fair worth. When like, especially early on in their careers, they are carrying a lot of these teams. Okay. Correct. Okay. So now let's look at the evolution of my life in here, which is the great juxtaposition between you and I and how long we've been watching football. So I'm a football junkie for 50 years now, right? Do you know one time in my life that it was more important for you to have a great running back than a great quarterback? Uh, yeah. In my lifetime, it was more like if you had when a, that shift, like the 70s. Oh no, I'd say later. I started started in the 90s. A uh, 90s. 90s. Okay. I'd say in the 90s because back then you still had, you had the Earl Campbells, you had the Roger Craig's. Now what I'm thinking is this. What has happened is because the game has evolved, the evolution of the game, correct? Yes. Okay, so now I don't understand this. If you go back to, say, 2000, you wouldn't catch a cornerback making the same money as a running back mm. on that level. But um, what's his name? Um, Jason J, uh, Ramsey, who went to, to Miami, he makes way more money than Saquon Barkley. Now, yeah. once upon a time, that would be absolutely ludicrous for me even to say that. They'd say, what do you know? But here's what the evolution of the game has done. Don't you agree with me? Every time we're watching these goddamn football games, all we ever hear when the playoffs comes, they say two things, don't they? Got to stop the run. You got to run the football. Yep. How do you run the football without a good running back? <laughs> okay, can you help me out with this? That's the confusing part. I mean, have, have you seen the uh, franchise tag values? Oh, by position that's this year? the one I'm saying. It's dropped in, inordinately in 20 years. The worst position in football is the running back and the franchise tag number. Yeah. It has moved what? Three quarters and a glass of Kool-Aid? So Where the cornerback has come up and surpassed them. That's why I brought up the cornerback, yes. isn't it? Now yes. the franchise tag on a quarterback is so, larger than a 
uh, franchise tag on a running back. So the running back is the second lowest position by franchise tag in terms of value. What's the other one, linebacker? ST. What's that supposed to be? ST? Strong yeah. safety? No. ST, is that like special teams? Maybe, oh, special teams. Uh, yeah, 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 special teams guys get more? Yeah. No, no, the less. They're the only position that's less. Yeah, special teams. So, what that so we go quarterback. That's thirty-two and a half. Linebacker what? about twenty-one. There's they're the second most. Yes. So wide receivers. Third. Wide receiver and then just, O-line just under twenty. Defensive end, defensive tackle, O line, cornerback, safety, tight end, running back. Sounds like white men in society. <laughs> And running back is uh, a hair over 10 mil. I know. That, that That's just crazy. A third uh, of the what quarterbacks. But you know what's rising up make. even more, though, and in in, which is interesting? Um, funny you brought that up because I've seen some people talking about it. You know who's been going up the fastest and it will increase in the next couple of years is O-linemen. They've yeah. had the most increase since 2020, and uh, running backs have gone on. Don't you think that's a little bit oxymoronic now? Yeah, it, oh, it is. Okay, but, I mean, but since their uh, fates are tied more than any other position, you could argue. Oh, they're always saying, well, because the, the old linemen are so important because they keep the quarterback on his feet. Yeah. They're, they're saying, but at the same time. So let's just delve into a little No, but bit. you also need to build those pockets for the running oh, back. Oh, that's what record, I'm saying. Right? I don't so. know a team that did not win. Did, did not win. Like, look, at even last year. Now, here here is the great thing that, that screws it up. Is anyone talking about Isaiah Pachenko? No. Why shouldn't they be? He's a Super Bowl champion they now. He should be. He, exactly. And I might even target him in my fantasy football this league this nope. year. Because he may be a player that I, I may get onto. But let's just, let, let's just look at the ratings of the top 10 quarterbacks right now and see what we got. Christian McCafferty, he's already got his money. He's fine. He's considered the number one right now. Yeah. We'll give him credit. Okay for that. Number two is Austin Eckler because he's about to do something that nobody's ever done in the history of football as a running back and is might have a total touchdowns from yard to scrimmage leader for the third year in a row because he's out of the backfield kind of guy. Right, right. But he's at his max right now, okay? And um, like so what, we'll give him that. And he's not even – if he was in the 70s, he would be a – I don't know how you would call him, like the third down back. Okay. Because he'd be out of the yeah, field yeah. going that. But we'll give him his money. Number three, quarterback considered, Josh Jacobs. He's not even in camp. <laughs> he just say, you know, they didn't even I still give him. Take him. Okay, now here's what I think is real sleazy about the freaking Oakland Raiders. Okay, they couldn't give him his fifth-year option. Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, okay, sorry. Anyway, they're still sleazy. Let's just talk about this, okay? They declined his fifth-year option. They must have knew what they were doing because they gave him 340 touches last year. That yeah. means you're beating your horse into the ground because you're not going to pay him the money anyway. So that's scummy. That's scum, yeah. Don't you think scummy, so? As soon yeah. as I seen that number, you 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 figured out you're going to either give the guy his fifty-year option or you're not. So you don't give the guy his fifty-year option, but you run him into <laughs> try to run him into the ground. That's real nice, Raiders. I'm going to keep that on my radar when I'm thinking about signing with you guys as a free agent. <laughs> Eat my shorts, you schmuck, Serge. You heard that? I wish Serge walked in right now so he could hear that being the Raider number is. Okay, let's see what else. We've got Derrick Henry. Oh, yes. King Henry. Okay, wouldn't you say that he's been the best running back in the league last year? Okay, he's been in the league seven years now. Arguably, like, the last five years. Okay, for the last five years. Okay, so how old is he now? Seven years in, he came in 22, so he's over that magic number of 27. Um, Derrick Henry has already said he's under contract. He got a good – he's the last guy of the big money. Yes, he did. Okay, him and one other guy who I'm going to bring up at the end of this who really wrecked it for everybody, and it's not his fault, but I'll get there in a second. <laughs> oh, shit. Derrick Henry is already on record as saying he does not expect to get paid. Hmm. 
Okay, he does not. He said, "This is it. He we're going to go." If he gets cut next year, like he, he had a little bit of injury problems. He still played sixteen games. The guy they said they yeah, did. They said he still had a down year and he rushed for fifteen hundred yards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to have that down year. Okay, let's continue now. Number five on the list, and I think he's number one. Nick Chubb. Mm. Very good. Okay. Okay, when I, and I love the comment when they said everybody talked about quarterbacks in Cleveland at the beginning of last year because they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Okay, because they had Deshaun, the whore master, coming. All right. But anyway, all Nick's here now. Okay, all he did was rush for 1,500 yards and give us what, uh, 12, 14, 15 touchdowns. He, uh, he took the pressure off quarterbacks a lot of times because he was there and he had decent indeed, line. Indeed. His contract is coming up next year because they already gave him one of those in-between contracts as a rookie. Yeah. They already signed him quick, which is the sneaky thing to do. Like in hockey, sign him now. To the get bridge. Him the bridge contract. So he got a bridge contract. So I'm not saying he's getting his full value, but I think his agent said, see the writing on the wall. Yeah. Take yeah. your money. Okay, who's next? Number six, Saquon Barkley. Oh. You can put him anywhere you want. Some people say he's there. He signed $100,000 more than his cap. Why? So he go to training camp? <laughs> Nobody wants to be Le'Veon Bell. No. No, 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 no. Okay, so that's another dilemma. That's one of the biggest blunders, you want to say, like in recent history with the Okay, and the other one I'm going to bring up yet, I hope you figured out by the time we get there what's really screwed up quarterbacks is, number one, Le'Veon Bell. They didn't. He went out the door, never got his money, should have taken the money. He lost all that money. And then not only he was just down the downside, never had a good year with the Jets, nope. didn't know the system. Nope. Now he, he he lost. They say he lost. If you even aside the two contracts with Pittsburgh, he lost about $20 million in the deal, about $20 million guaranteed. And it just so happened that when it happened, when you hear all the time with interchangeable parts, Pittsburgh drops Najee Harris. Yeah. Who just stepped into the role, who's now into his third year, had a minor injury problem, and he's already thinking, am I going to get paid? So he's in trouble. We don't even know what he's going to do, but he's got to go out there today. Is Pittsburgh going to run him into the ground if they need him this year? Of course they will. Of course they will. Okay, so let's just move along here. Number seven, Dalvin Cook, Mm. who's only had four years of about 14 to 1,500 yards, averaging 12 touchdowns. Oh, another good thing about him, he blocks and catches out of the backfield. Where is he right now? Not signed. Insane. This is insane. Okay, just think about that. He's not now, even. How does, how does Dalvin Cook go from like a guy who like everyone's taking like first four round time in their Pro Bowl? Fantasy. Okay, four time Pro yeah, Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now we're, we want to get to number ten. We're, I'm going to ask a couple questions about this. We want to go top ten, but there's Dalvin Cook. I thought he'd be signed by this show, and when Aaron Ro- Aaron Rodgers. I love that, Mrs. Milani. Aaron Rodgers restructured his contract to save $35 million. Yeah. I thought Dalvin Cook would come flying in. Is that because he wants more money now than he should? Because a couple of running backs, I don't have the name, we'll, we'll figure out in a minute, have signed for one year. Yeah. A couple guys, including Saquon. Mm-hmm. He's only signed for one year. So what's going to happen with Dalvin Cook? I'm going to tell you this, and this is a very pertinent thing that people don't even realize, okay? You need reps at training camp to get in shape. You're not, sure, not everybody's sure. Emmett Smith. Remember, it takes you all to get going. You know what I mean? Remember Ezekiel Elliott yeah. took him a couple games to get going when he sat out training camp. They call it training camp for a reason. Yeah. Okay, so you know what I mean? And so, first of all, then you got to learn the system. Now, they say there's only seven degrees of systems in every team and all the offenses. Still, but there's about. some nuances in there you want to be able to figure out, right? Thank you. So, Dalvin Cook's not even signed, okay? Next. Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers, who's in his sixth year, who signed a bridge contract. So I think that he's probably going to play this year and the next year. If they buy him out, will you be yeah. shocked? 
Uh, probably not. He's making about 11. I, I forget what his money is. He's making decent money. But let's just look last year. He rushed for 1,100 yards and caught 59 passes. Not bad. That's a, now, here's another little thing they, keep, they, they bring up all the time, too, is like, um, what is your fumble rate? Mm. That's interesting okay. they bring that up. Some of the best guys like Chubb have had one fumble. Saquon Barkley had only zero fumbles. But then you get our guy, Delvin Cook. He had five or six last. Aaron Jones, three or four last. Now, here is the guy, now that we've got to Aaron Jones, he's at a bridge contact too. Now, here's the guy that's going to make your team. How are they going to handle this guy? Ramondre Stevenson for the New England Patriots. Oh, yes. This is only his second year. And you know they had a little bit of committee by running back in New England because James White took all the third down things. Oh, yeah. Well, it's been like, like that. Since, ever since, since I can remember since in New Brady's, England, yeah. which is good there, yeah. but it just so happens that this guy had a five point five yards per carry. He was very impressive last year. Okay, he so was very impressive. okay, so now because we'll get to him and number ten, who's Miles Sanders for the um, for Philadelphia, and I think this is the end of his contract, so I think they're going to sign him out. And Travis Etienne, we should bring him up at number eleven mm-hmm. because he's going to be like Stevenson. What do you think these co- these guys are going to make? Because they're now like they're both second year guys, okay. Yeah. So they got they have those five year things on them when they come into the league, correct? Yeah, yeah. So what are these guys? Guys, these guys are in in running back jail, don't you think? Of course. So that's the whole that's the whole issue. Okay, so now the, when they should be making their money, they're kind of yeah stuck in these entry level deals. Okay, which okay. So here here's what I I, I I'm going to say about this. Okay, the real problem is. They're college careers. Oh, okay, interesting. Okay, the reason I say this, I'm going to go back to the days of, um, I'm going to say, um, let's just say, let's from a historical point of view, because I think it's the most obvious, you know who Earl Campbell is. Sure. Earl Campbell, for about six seasons, was an invincible, invincible source, okay? Do you know for four years in Texas that he had 300 carries a year? Holy... Okay. <laughs> I think it was something like that. 240 in his first year, yeah. next three, 300, whatever. And He's, this is the college season, which is shorter. Well, exactly. Which, which we should which is, people, okay, yeah. which is even more insane. Which, is, which was in the, uh, the, at that time, back in the 70s, early 80s, was in the, was the Big 12, whatever. Big conference because had Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas Tech. Yeah, Big 12. A&M, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a big, 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 big country. He had about six good years in the NFL where he rushed for 1,500 yards, 1,800 yards, yeah. almost 2,000. The famous thing where his shirt got ripped because yeah. he came <laughs> on through the guy's legs the size of oak trees. Wore down. By the time he was 30, went to New Orleans with Bum Phelps, couldn't even run anymore. Do you see, you know what? They just got some new things where his knees got changed because he was showing up. Mm. He could finally stand again. Because what the real problem is, and it's not going to change because the collective bargaining agreement does not end till 2030. So guess what? That's a blow. So if you're going to keep having these contracts on then you've got to start paying the running backs earlier. But here's what I really heard. You must have heard about this week where all the running backs got together, had a Zoom yes, call. Yes, over a Zoom call, yes. And they said they're going to change things. Where do you think that's going? Where can they go? 
Nowhere. It's the NFL. It's a monolith. Do you think yeah. the owners didn't start laughing? Like, were these guys going to start like their own league or something? Or, or start their own union within a union? Come no, on. That's, that's the talk. I've heard oh, that. The, come the running on. Back I love running backs. It's my favorite position in off. football. I love Tony Dorsett. I love Billy Sims. I love Barry Sanders. I love Walter Payton. I love Roger Craig. I loved O.J. Simpson. Okay, but... <laughs> Don't um, say that too loud. Okay, but in any event, <laughs> I'm just saying that... Um, you know what I'm getting at. You know what I sure, love? Sure, sure. I love, I love running backs. So the contracts are not going to change. So the NFL owners must have sat in there, lit up cigars and goes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Next. Like, this is the monolith. This is the NFL. These guys control it. This is the next best thing to slave trade. Lord Simcoe, can you come back and help out the <laughs> NFL running backs? Because what they're going to have to do is change when they come into the league. Because yeah. when you come into the league and you have this much of a contract, that's complete control by the by the owners who have a who have a free minor league system with the colleges. Oh yeah. So what do we got here? We got like nothing's going to happen, guys. I feel bad for you, the Marshawn Lynch, Adrian Petersons, all done. But here's my punchline. You know the guy that killed it. And I thought you'd bring it up. Who killed it for all running backs? And he was great. Todd Gurley. Mm, yes. Yeah, I've heard his name thrown around a couple times these last few weeks. He can't help it if he had a degenerative knee. He signed the contract. He looked like the next big guy. All of a sudden, he had a degenerative knee. He still got $40 million because yeah. of his money there, and he hasn't played what? And you know it's that, been a few years. You know, he's only 30 years old right now, I believe, or oh, 31. He's yeah. not even that old. So when you got in uh, and, and your little group chat there running backs, I'm sure Todd Gurley came up. Here's another kid. Yeah, I had to. All you guys that are under six feet, you guys came up. You know what I mean? Why? Because none of his last five years. Yep. Hence the reason, God bless you, from um, um, from Alabama, playing for my beloved Detroit Tigers, Detroit Lions, first-round pick. Yep. I'm not taking him in the top ten of my <laughs> fantasy league because it's a keeper league, and how long is he going to last? Does that make me a hypocrite? Of course not. You're okay. saying by your uh, your moral. I mean, he's on your team, which makes it a lot more difficult. I can relate oh, to that. When I, you know what? He's going to stare me in the face the fantasy draft. <laughs> I made a trade, and he's going to he's going to be staring me in the face. Everyone's going to say, hey, you should have drafted him. You late, know who, late first round, maybe? <laughs> okay, I mean, the first round. You know who I took the last time when I had this pressure to do it? I took DeAndre Swift. Where is he now? Mm. He's the sneakiest running back in the league because you knew Detroit wasn't going to pay him. That's why they had this guy on the draft pick to take. He went to Philadelphia. When we do our pre-football show, I'm going to say this. He will be the sneaky fantasy pick of the year. DeAndre Swift for the Philadelphia. He's perfect for their offense. Okay. You heard it here first. In any event, we're I, gonna... I like that pickup for them. Yes. Um, one last thing I want to ask you about this is, will it take until 2030 to kind of solve this, or will it even get solved around that time? The owners are going, Saquon, Delvin, Josh, eat my shorts. No chance, bro. I think they're done. Until the collective bargaining well, agreement comes along. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. At, when it comes to that time in 2030. Oh, I think that there'll be an upswing where they're going to running back. Someone's going to have to cut, stick up for them. Because yeah. here's well, the what, union. Here, 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 or the union, yeah. So they have to stick up for them. But here's what's always going to happen. You have to have a clever coach. Like, look what Saquon Barkley's difference on the New York Giants last year. He is the reason. Oh, yeah, that they were a good football team. And they, made, offense, the, and they made Daniel Jones look better because of Saquon Barkley. Sure. Okay, sure. so what I'm saying is Miles Sanders was a better was a better um, – Jalen Hurts was a better guy that went to the Super Bowl because of Miles Sanders. Philadelphia is so smart that they got a second guy. They called him DeAndre Swift. 
You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. We're going to find out about Travis Etchian, second year mm -hmm. in Jacksonville with, um, what's his name, his quarterback? Oh, you know, our first-round guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. The Clemson guy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pulling at Charles Barkley again. We all have nice hair. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I blanking out his name, too? Okay, in any event. Um, yeah. Um, he, he, what Trevor it, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. He's going to make a difference for Trevor Lawrence because here's another thing that people don't want to talk about. Some of these backs have to block. Mm. So you want to talk about wear and tear? Well, actually, there's talk of uh, fullbacks making a comeback in the NFL now. That's why I said someone to block for Tony yeah. Bollard in Dallas, and I think that it will make a comeback. But what that, what that running back is going to have to do is be able to catch. So it's going to take a creative coach to reinvent, not reinvent, but to reuse the running back position. Yeah, touch it up a little bit. No Super Bowl team hasn't won without a without a running back making any difference, and that's why I brought up Isaiah Pachenko, because he had a great run down the stretch for Kansas City. He looked good in the Super Bowl, and maybe uh, there's a chance that we can bring the running back back to prominence as I once viewed it as a kid growing up and still today. You know what I mean? Good yep. luck running backs is all we're saying, correct? Yeah. Uh, since we're with the NFL, I want to ask you one more thing. You... Uh, asked me a little query the other night, and uh, it was not the answer you were looking for. <laughs> Do you want to tell them what uh, what you asked me? I can't remember which one. So you asked me uh, Aaron Rodgers or uh, Deshaun Watson. Who would I be? Uh, oh more yes, we gotta get that. We, yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Fans, listeners, the world. If you had a choice right now to cheer for Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, who are you cheering for? <laughs> I think that's a tough decision, don't you? And you're Jim Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no. Okay, good. I said, well, I said, well, you gave me shit for uh, cheering for, for saying Deshaun Watson. Yeah, well, I, 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 you know what I mean? Because we're not saying nothing about. Well, I, I'll just say, but like Aaron Rodgers, he's in, in my division now. Okay. I'm a Patriots fan. He's with the Jets. The Jets and Patriots are uh, no simpatico, so. So what we're going to have to bring up, we're going to revisit this, and we're not going to answer it today. But I thought that was an interesting question. I asked some football guys at my work. They said, Chris, stop it. Stop it. Come on, man. I feel like I gave you the uh, the A-Rod experience where, like, you ask oh, yeah. him a question, like, he thinks about it, like, gives you what you thinks what you want what to hear, hear. and then it's <laughs> the wrong answer anyways. <laughs> In any event, you know what we're going to do? And we're going to wait this till our preseason, our, our pre, not preseason, but our, um, our football preview show. One of our questions, we're going to mark it down That's today, and we both have to answer it, but we don't have to answer it today. Let's answer it this way. Who's going to have the better season, Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers? Maybe that's the question I think we that's should a, be asking. That's an interesting question. So we'll, we'll hold that. I'm going to write it down now until then. Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, who has the better season? It's all dirt anyway. Sure. I just feel like we TMZ'd there for a moment, which I shouldn't even bring up. In any event. Yeah, let's move on from uh, America's powerhouse to America's pastime. MLB mm. trade deadline uh, happened just this week. Mm -hmm. Mets <laughs> cleaning oh, house. Oh, oh, oh. There's so many interesting things to talk about baseball, but since we've only have a limited amount of time, let's go right to our number one thing because we're in Toronto. Okay. We're going to get to everything about the baseball, including Mr. Cohen's bailing on a whole lot of players. and on what two he's big done. names, especially. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I've got a theory behind that I've heard, which I agree with 100% is. But we have to talk about our beloved Toronto Blue Jays, who thank God went into Fenway Park this weekend and swore. Wept. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. After looking absolutely pathetic against the first place Baltimore Orioles, which Ugh. just tells you this is a fraud. Now, wait a second. What was my theory at the beginning of the theory of season about winning? 
The division one was my 600 favorite. at home, 500 on the, on the road. Yes. And what did we just do? We lost three out of four <laughs> at home and then swept on the road. This is why I'm having trouble with what I want to borrow the name from Aaron Rodgers is there's some fraudulent things about the Toronto Maple Leafs, buddy. Blue Jays. Don't you, Blue Jays, don't you think? Oh, 100%. And I'm like, going to keep the frauds out of Maple Leafs, too. We brought this up. Uh, there's, where's, what's the identity of this ball club? What's going on in the dressing room is what I want to know. That is feel? a good question. I want to know what is the feel in the dressing room. I want to know with Bo out of the lineup now how that affects things. Okay, first of all, I'm, I can get to that in a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about this. Um, John Schneider, do, well, how do you put – if you're a manager, one, one of the things that you're supposed to do is instill confidence Agreed. in your players. How does he instill confidence in Espinal? <laughs> when he's not playing, you bring a guy over who can't hit because you got Bo on the injured list. I get it. Yeah, and you stick him in there. What has he done with the hitting? Has he looked anything better defensively than we've already had? No. Hi, DeJong. Welcome to Toronto. You're going to love this. DeJong, go sit in the bench. I want Espinal there because he's been here longer, and I think he should get more street cred than DeJong. DeJong. How do the you say funny, it? DeJong. 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 Is he French? DeYoung. Is he French? I don't know. Okay, Does it matter? Whatever. Nah, um, I can make fun of him better then. <laughs> sure. The funny thing is, the guy who's making more of an offensive uh, impact this week is the call up from the minor Schneider. Home run in his first first at pitch. bat. Was his first, first pitch? First, too? Yeah. No, I don't was first pitch. First at bat. First at bat. Yeah. I love the dugout there. So there is room for the dugout, and he knew the home run. <laughs> thing coming in that was just so cool what i'm saying is this is this is where i'm saying we got a little divide with the toronto blue jays right now because first of all is i'm a i'm an mlb junkie okay so i hear what they're saying about all teams all the time and they're talking about toronto about three degrees away from the san diego padres yeah and that's not, that's good, not good because both of them are considered to win their divisions and, and, you know, I, now I think that the Dodgers, the Padres have flamed out, blowing it to the Dodgers this weekend the way they did. Yeah. So they flamed out. They're done. I th- I'm, not, I'm not sure that they and kept it. I mean, the, the Dodgers have their own problems. Agreed, but they, they flamed out. Now, I don't yeah. think San Diego has got any chance to do it. But let's get back to the Blue Jays. They've had a, There's a couple other guys down in the minors that are hitting the ball off the cover. One of them was Snyder. I'd heard about him, and I forget the other guy. There's a third baseman. Yeah, down there, yeah. Down there, I forget his name. We'll get all the names later. But I heard... It uh, might be an option next year if Chapman goes to free agency, which could be... Very real possibility. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a minute, too, because Chapman does lead the league in doubles and his defense. Okay, you know what I hate about Chapman, though, and really quickly, is the guy's maybe the best defensive third baseman in the league, but when he makes an error, he makes it's it at the one. worst yeah. times. So people point that out to him. Oh, 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 Cruz, you see Chapman the other night? No, but did you see the other six games where he covered up for Bo or we went behind the bag and threw guys out? It just seems to be like it's, um, it's like when I was talking about um, Djokovic in the final. It's when you make the unforced yeah. error. It just seems that Chapman's are more glaring. Yeah, I, mean, I hope I, we sign him. I hope we resign him. I, I still think he's net positive. Yes. So 100. I'm just worried that like price is going to be the issue once winter comes around. But that's, no, that's we're an MLSB. issue for later. Okay, we'll get that later. I don't give a shit. I'm talking about it right now. You sign exactly. the guy. We're we're M, we're we're uh, MLSE or whatever. I mean, well, whatever Rogers. it is. We're Rogers or Rogers, whatever case may. You own them. Just pay the guy. But, but I'm does real- he want to? Uh, that's the problem. He likes Toronto. He's got all good things to say. I say our problem, one of our biggest problems right now, and get to admit, is Vladimir Guerrero. Mm-hmm. That's one of our biggest problems right there. Um, I, the reason I want to talk about the dugout is because I'm looking about what's going on in the outfield out here, okay? And I'm going to say this. Last year at this time, I was making fun of some of Lord Escuriel's defensive prowess. 
I would take his defensive prowess back right now for his bat. For his bat, yeah. Okay, you know what I mean? Because I have not seen an exponential increase in our defense from the outfield for the for the yeah. value we got. And Kermeyer's, uh once again, he's coming back to life as a hitter. Even though we protect him, he may be the best number nine hitter in American League. Sure, I mean he, his numbers have been pretty consistent. I would say like he's been that kind of like seven fifty OPS like. All year. Okay. From so that number nine hole, kind of that phone number one, the way they use him, I think that's been very successful this year. So I would not talk complain about that. about his batting average with RISP. <laughs> it's atrocious. How many times has he had to just give us a little knock? I think we are what? Bottom he's, five again, though, in he's RISP. The number nine hitter. Doesn't matter. I think, I think that's on the big boys that they can't get. Like, those are supposed to be our RBI producers. Agreed. But, hey, you know, if Vladdy's our, our, um, runner in scoring position isn't bad, Bose isn't bad. It's not exactly great. No, but I mean, they're, they're middle of the pack to above, which is what mm. you want every team. Now, let's talk about Springers. Huh. He's let's, been bad. What about Chapman's? Yeah, he's been bad. Okay, you know what I mean? All these guys that are supposed to be our big hitters. And those are, the, those are like, again, like two of the guys, like maybe less so Bo and Vlad, but like, you know, the the Springers, the Chapmans. Those are guys you got to look to like, hey, bud, we need that run in. Okay, I agree. But every once in a while, you got to get a hit too. Like Kirk hitting his two home runs last week and Kurt's bat's coming around, which is mm, another we'll thing. We'll see. I'm not confident in it, but <laughs> but here's the thing that really. I like Jansen a lot more. I sent you that picture of uh, Jansen's stats over oh, the last 162. Hitting 220, though. <laughs> Okay, that's the only problem I have or two. Did he, is his batting average even like, over that period? Yeah, of time? but what's his, o, his OPS is like well over 800 over that stretch. It so. is kind of just over, isn't it? I'm not let saying me, it's not bad, but here's the problem that. with Jansen is where is he right now? What, like in the lineup? No, in yeah, on the bench. Another nagging injury. He got nicked or something. I love you, Danny Jansen. I love the guy. I, we were on this show saying that yeah. he should be the number one second base, number one catcher. And where is he now? With another nicked-up injury, how many? Oh, okay, he, okay. So uh, Jansen's got a 549 slugging, fifth in the AL over that stretch. Oh, really? Yes. What was the batting average? Doesn't say on here, but 37 oh. home runs, 110 RBI. That's yeah, you can't. That's you can't. a middle of the lineup bat, even with a low batting average. I'll I, take those I, numbers. You know what, he I'll, walks, and though. I'll take. Yeah, anyway, but I'll, you know, I'll take that to it. I'll take that with his handling of the pitchers and his defense. Sure. He added it all up, so I just want to say that about it. But the thing is, where is he now? He hasn't played all weekend. Why? Because another nagging injury. The guy. Your best ability, availability, what is it? Your best ability is availability or yeah. whatever the hell they say. And I'm worried about that going down the stretch. Is he going to be okay? Who else do we have in the minors? We got nobody. No, for catchers, we're, yeah, it's, we're, it's those two guys, basically. I think Espinal's our third string catcher, isn't it? Someone on the bench. Well, is, he, he's not playing, so maybe they'll use him a bit there. Maybe we do. But, we, we do, though. but I mean, because every team says, they, they write, who's the guy going to catch if he had two injuries in a game? Yeah. I think Espinal's I think they guy. go down to like their fifth. If like for like real emergencies, like because they have to, but I don't think we're ever going to see a situation like that. But. I hope we don't. I'm hoping we're yeah. not. So I'm going to say this: We've been saying all this time that we believe that the Toronto uh, Blue Jays were not going to make the playoffs. Okay, so we're. I gonna, think they're going to backdoor their way in. That's the definitive word. Is the uh, um, backdoor in because so many other teams are terrible. Just absolutely terrible. But I want to get on. I, I wouldn't say terrible. I just say my prediction. Like unremarkable. Gonna, okay, I'm going to get. There's a lot of unremarkable I'm gonna, teams. I'm going to get back on some things in a couple of seconds that I said earlier in the shows that I'm going to be able to justify, and I'm going to point this out to you. But the main thing is this: is that um, what Toronto has done is I really think that we should have got Mon Montgomery at the trade deadline, but we got Hicks. 
Okay. Yeah. So what I think we've done is we've revamped the bullpen to be playoff ready because you got to have the fireballers and come out a whole bunch of arms. Yeah. If you have looked on the weekend, it's starting to something else that I said may have happened is Swanson picked up his fourth save. I've said since the beginning of the season that I thought Swanson would be there. I don't think he's been used wisely enough. I, I and a couple of times he's got hung out to dry. I don't think he's going to be. I'm starting to not think he's going to be the closer by the end of the season. It's like Hicks is too erratic. Why do you think St. Louis let him go? The guy can throw a hundred. No, I understand that. So you like, want I, him as our solid go to the bank closer? I'm no, I, but I'm saying it's going to stay Romano. <laughs> is that a, is not some kind of pasta? Oh, no, he's our closer. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, let's get to I our... I was going to say, like, even, the, like, you look at his save numbers, he hasn't blown a lot of saves. Who? Romano. No, he's only had three. Okay, but a couple times he's been sketchy out there with them. He's come in and he's walked off the field with I, the I bases that, loaded. I I think he's done... And stay with me with this one. I think he's okay. done well enough to keep the job. Nothing, At least from, like, management's perspective, where they're like, well, we can't take away the job from him when he's given us, you know... I don't think he's going to lose the job. I'm just thinking that they should use him more selectively when we have Swanson and we have um, Hicks. I think the more impressive guy from St. Louis has been this Cabrera kid. Yes. He has been really, yes. really good. He is the guy that I, he smells like a closer already. But leave him in that role because what I'm trying to get at is, Schneider, define the roles of the bullpen now. You've got six yeah, who's weeks your, Who's your seventh the, inning guy? Who's your eighth inning guy? Let's, let's define yeah. this now because what I'm going to only say is this, and you know the elephant in the room, which we haven't even brought up yet, is I'm going there now is, what's up with the six-man rotation? I mean, I'm fine with that. Ah, because you're a kid. Stop it. It's just going to be Well, who, who are you going to take? Because we're not going to go back. there. We're not Ryu's gonna, back. So he you didn't look use great. Him. He didn't look great. Well, he's just come back. You want to get him some innings. want to see if you're going to be able to use him for postseason. Got five more. Okay, so I'm going to say this. We go. We do this four rotations. Just like we brought Manoa back quicker because Manoa looked great on Friday night. Yes. He looked good. So I'm saying, and his weight's down. You notice every time I see him, it looks like he took a couple more ounces off. Yeah, that's good. His, his, his velocity is there. Okay, all his pitches are there. It's just the control Control's issue. Been an okay. issue yeah. So we'll get his control down. I still say Bassett's a goddamn head case. The best 11-game winner in baseball. Who's a head case? You don't know what's going to happen with the guy. He's the only, the and he's game? the only guy with a complete, game, a complete game shutout, nonetheless. What did he do yesterday? Everything went his way. He was a good little yeah. girlfriend. She didn't pull a panic in the bar. Oh, she didn't spill you, something on her drink. There? Why do you got to go there? Okay, okay, I don't mean... Uh, how's that? That happens, fans. I'm trying not to go there. However, come on, look at the guy. He needs... Look at Kirk holds his hand to start the game. They run out in the dugout. He's the only pitcher we got to hold his hands. Let's check the fax notes. His, is the communication going well? Look at the guy. He did, you know, he's pitched great. He's got good stuff. I'm glad we got him. But there's something going to fine tune. You want that guy in the game seven? If he's starting game seven or game, we're in the playoffs now. Best <laughs> of three. He's starting game three. I'm nervous because who's going to start the first game? It's going to um, be Barrios and Gozman. Yeah, Barrios and Gozman are. Okay, they're, they're going to be the first game. Now we go to game three, and Bassett's our closer in game. Are you confident in that, Mr. Milani, right now that we're going to win that game? <laughs> and he's already won 15 games. Depends who the other team's starter is. You know what? This guy gives the best answers of that telling the truth, but they work for the moment that we're in. <laughs> Mama, you taught your son well. Okay, so what's going to happen here? I'm going to tell you what the great thing is about the six-man rotation. Garcia's looking a little bit better. Romano's out for a while. What, and, and Trevor Richards, who's played relatively well, he's on a 10-day. 
which means you know what they're doing? They're resting these guys because all the six-man rotation has done is this. It's saving your arms because here's what's going to happen, and I said this earlier in the year. Let's go back to start looking at the quality starts will win you a division. Oh, my God. The Baltimore Orioles are making a fool out of me in this way. First of all, I'd said that their pitching wouldn't last this long. Now they're in the American League coming, moving up on quality starts. Okay, now let's go to the other team that I said is going to get hurt, the Tampa Bay Rays. If the Tampa Bay Rays don't tighten it up, they're going to miss the playoffs because they had that no, huge No, come on, start. they're going to make the playoffs. No, no, no. You know why? Because all their arms are falling off because here's my punchline. They're only three games back of first for the American League. You know They that, right? ain't getting a sniff of the first place again. They're done. You know why? Because all of their arms fell off. I know you had a bunch of guys that are coming back, Glasnow and what's yeah, his name? Glasnow, yeah. Okay, but guess what? They've never had five proper starters the whole year they've had all those stupid bullpen games hey red Sox, how did the bullpen game start yesterday that went well didn't you didn't you have a position player throwing pitches in the ninth inning ah why because you all threw your arms off so i will give toronto this because i do believe everything's coming out of the gm not schneider I think Schneider's getting, like, he's not getting used enough. Like, they're, they're, they call in, take him out, or whatever the case may be. So if the Jays are going to use this six-game rotation to rest arms going into the playoffs, I, I think that's this. what it's going to be. But when we need that game here late in the month, I won't go, what, we're going to take starts away from Gozman? Gozman doesn't look like he's tired. Barrios doesn't look like he's tired. But if you're going to take it away, I'll give you the benefit of a doubt. We'll see. That We'll see. That's a, that's a conversation for, like, two weeks left in the season. So what is your position on the Toronto uh, Toronto Blue Jays right now? You're saying they're going to back into the playoffs? Yeah, they'll find a way in. Okay. As like the the second, uh, most likely third wild card, they'd be playing probably. um, Right now we're playing Houston. Probably, no, but the good thing is playing. Yeah, that's the good thing. You'd be playing Minnesota. Really? That third wild card isn't so bad. You scared of the Twins? Um, if we got to play two games in their house with their two main starters going first, because what's got Minnesota here is their pitching, and we're not the greatest hitting team on some days. But neither are they. And they, Yeah, but guess what? If their pitching's a tad better than us, we go home. And they've defined their staff, and they've defined their closer, and they've defined their bullpen. Okay, now, I'm saying that they've been using them a little bit too much, so maybe their yeah. arms will fall off by September. So I'm, They have to win the division. <laughs> oh, there's no, no, they're not getting in at all. And I, I, I think that Cleveland, who is still breathing down their neck, are not going to get there. No. Four games under 500 right now. Red and, flag, and big red flag. They're, they're done. So I think Minnesota's going to chase the division down. They're going to win. But I'm saying in those series, and historically speaking, Minnesota has always made the move in the past on playoffs because of their pitching. You know what I mean? So we've all, well, but we've also seen the Twins like barely miss out on playoff spots too recently. So it goes both ways. They don't. Their defense is pretty solid too. So they're well coached teams at times. So the question is, when we go into the playoffs and in, in the wild card, which we are right now, who would you rather be in the first round? You're saying you'd rather play Minnesota than Houston. Yeah. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Can Houston chase down um, Texas? Yes. It's. Possible, though unlikely, I would say, at this stage. they got to play each other seven more times, I believe. they got to capitalize on those games. Okay, seven times. So seven times with their experience, only three games in the loss column. Yeah. I think we should save this discussion till we get to yeah. till the end. Because one of the things that's really irritated me about this whole situation is when they change this year's about having less division games, what do you think that has proven? Well, it makes those division games all the more important now, don't you think? I just says it shows that the American League is that good because the New York Yankees are in last place, but if they were in the American League Central, they'd be in first place. Yeah. 
So I'm just saying, does that just prove that the American League East is that much of a juggernaut? Because all those extra games they played against other teams, they seem to have won. Which here's my hook. Tampa Bay going home. They won all those games. Let's go back to the first 20 games of the year. Who did they play? Oakland, Kansas City, Detroit, Chicago White Sox. Yeah. Okay, and, 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 and you know what? I give Tampa Bay credit for this. They came out of the block steady. The Jays didn't. The Yankees didn't. Sox didn't. We all had our little issues going on. But Tampa Bay came out of the box firing yeah. on all cylinders. They won those games. They raced ahead. Now that comes all the way around, and now that they got to play everybody else, it's starting to even out because we've suddenly won some games. Now, if we just played 500 in the American League East, we'd be in first place right now, bro. Yeah, we, we, were, we would be in first place, and that's all I asked, right? 600 home, 500 in the division, 500 on the road. Yep. And what did it get us? We're still not in the playoffs. Because you think the Yankees are well, dead yet? We're in yet? the playoffs. I mean, but you yeah. think the Yankees are dead yet? You know the team that scares me the yeah, most? Yeah, Yankees are losing their legs fast, I would say. So the only team that scares me out of the crew is the Seattle Mariners. And what did they do Ooh. to us last year? Uh, you don't need to remind me. Okay, so there you go. So I'm saying, look at the, look at the Mariners. They're two and a half games back of the Jays for that final wild card spot. They're eight games over 500, and they, and then they're just sniffing the. Though pl- they gave away their closer. What's that? They, didn't they trade away their closer? So they had three guys. Okay. I looked at their stats. They had three guys that could have done that. They, they 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 traded a Romano. Okay. Well, not, not, not nothing against Romano. Still, that's a good bullpen arm okay, that you're that's getting rid what of. But that's why I'm saying about the Blue Jays. I think that we have the pen together, and if we are saving arms, that is good. So right now, I'm going to say that they're going to back in. I don't think that the Yankees are going to be there. No. Um, they just they jumped ahead of Boston because of us. But don't you think a lot of averages said we got to win some? I expected two or three wins. <laughs> sure. I expect- well, I mean, Boston, they, they should be in last place. Let's be real. Oh, the I, weakest I, I, team in this division, not even close. Okay, and I agree with you, but what really irritated me is I thought that we should have taken three or four from Baltimore instead of uh, losing three or four to Baltimore. I don't uh, <laughs> it's Gunner, I don't want to talk about that. When they Gunner Henderson, that, rookie of the year? Sorry? Henderson, Gunner at the third baseman. Is he rookie of the year? Most likely. Uh, he's got to be. He, he looks like a 10-year old-school yeah, like shoes nail yeah. guy. You know what? Same with what's his name? Um, Rushman, Rushman looks. Oh, yeah. no, they he look solid. Great. Oh, and by the way, Baltimore has played second and third base, the same guy for what is it? 90% or 95% of the time as a first base team. They are now moving up on the quality start stat in their division. Mr. Milani, I think you go, you sent me a text that said, what about this quality start thing, Cruz? <laughs> Where are we at now? We'll, we'll discuss that at the well, end the of the season. Well, the Jays are up there in quality starts, and, I mean, they're just barely okay. hanging on. Oh, and so is Minnesota. is one of the top teams with quality start. Oh, and then Detroit, Texas Rangers, one of the top teams with quality <laughs> start. So I'm not saying it's a big deal, analytics people, but where is the Tampa Bay Rays? When they miss the playoffs. The pack, aren't they? Yeah, if that. You know what I mean? I'm no, saying, they're mid. They're mid. I'm saying that I'm saying the Seattle, Seattle guys are going to sneak in the back door and uh, – Take what, the Houston spot? No, take the t- Tampa Bay spot. Whoa. Heard it here first in the house. That happens that I'm saying, oh, by the way, in the East, I'm, I'm, I really want to say one thing. Steve, Steve, um, the New York Mets, when they had the sale this season, you know he's just doing buying players. He bought prospects. Yeah. You know, he took the $35 million off uh, Verlander's contract, $20 million off Scherzeiser, but three or four of these guys that he got in the trade, they're 18 to 21, buddy. Oh, wow. I, that's what I said. What? He just bought. He spent $45 million buying 18, 21-year-olds. If that isn't shrewd business, then I don't know what is. Why do you think the guy's a billionaire? Yeah, there you go. Okay. And I, so I just want to say in those big, rich teams, San Diego, goodbye. 
Yeah, farewell to fare thee well to San Diego. Okay, I think that uh, Mr. Milani's put in a lot in this show, and I maybe have talked a little bit too much, but he gives me the opportunity. One more thing. I got one more thing. Sure. So uh, there was a big hockey trade that went down yesterday. Are you aware of this? Carlson to the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is correct. And, Isn't that uh, your, your buddy? Didn't your buddy make the trade? He did make the, the guy trade. that you farmed out of town. I farmed him out. Yes, my uh, I I personally fired him. Yes, I'm not saying that much, but I'm calling you out on this because guess what? What all? Do, what did the Penguins need? They need a lot. Okay, but I'm still saying they've still got that front. Is this the last? Is this like this their, is their last, last dance? dance? Yeah, they got to get done like the next year or two. Oh no, I I, I say their next season better be exponentially better. Playoff made oh, contenders. Oh, yeah, that's I'm, well, okay, next year you got to show some serious steps, but like championship, I'm saying it's like these next two years are or like, none, none. Next, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm saying that Pittsburgh had some. Um, Injury problems, some little bit of lineup problems that you could. But Crosby tweak. and Malkin played all 82 games this past year, and they both had amazing seasons. They didn't have the support they did. And what did they need? They needed a defense where they bring the puck out to get them more. Yeah, they just got Carlson. I'm going to say this: if they make the biggest jump in the league, I wouldn't be surprised. They play in a tough it's, division. That's the thing. Oh, and the only other team that's going to make that big of a jump because we know what we do here in the house that happens. Oh we keep tabs God. on the Habs. The Pittsburgh Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens will be the biggest jumps in the NHL. So Montreal was involved in this trade for Carlson, as you probably yes, know at this point. Yes, I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, so they get oh, – so as this part of this trade, they trade Rem Pitlick to, uh, to Pittsburgh. They trade Mike Hoffman to San Jose. And they receive Casey DeSmith, Nathan Ligari, I believe he's a prospect, a yeah, Pittsburgh like second-round pick in 2025, and Jeff Petrie with 25% salary retained. So Jeff Petrie's a hab again. Guess what? He ain't going to see the ice. Whoa, that's I, a hot take. I don't think he'll see the ice. I, I think you're wrong there, but... He'll look good back in a hab jersey. I've always <laughs> liked him. I didn't want to see him go away. But do you think he's going to make it? He's I got mean, injury issues. He's they're pushing paying in. him that much. I think he's on the team. What? He played how many games? He played sixty-one games last year with thirty-one points. I think he makes the Montreal lineup. I think they. I think It'd be a good veteran presence for all the kids. Exactly. I think that's he why they. Acquired, the pre- I think that's a big reason why they acquired him. Put that A on his back on his sweater. You yes. know that kind of deal. Control the dressing room. Sure. I always like Petrie. I'm glad he's back to tell you the truth. But I'm. I think I'm, he's a fine defenseman. Just like I'm st- a little bit past his best. Until before. it's opening day that I see him on the ice, I wouldn't be surprised. Made a deal to trade him to somebody else that might need a more veteran presence so sure. our kids could play. That's all I'm saying. But um, if he starts the season okay, I'm saying I'm I'm betting that he's not. Fair enough. Uh, I want to ask you, so Rem Pitlick to Pittsburgh, how do you feel about him going out of town? I, I'm more worried about the other guy that went to Hoffman? San Jose. Yeah, go with San Jose. I kind of went, oh, we could have used him this year. I good, uh, a good middle six score. Somebody yeah, like to put in your second I, I power kinda, play. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know how we're going to replace him. I thought he was going to be one of those, and we talked about this um, back when Montreal was doing things, like what we're doing with the salary cap and stuff. Yeah. Is he a salary cap kind of dump? Yeah, it definitely looks like that. I think that was a big reason because Mon- um, San Jose... They didn't want to retain that much salary for Pittsburgh, but at the same time, Pittsburgh couldn't take on that much more. So, like, moving nope. that contract was, like, a big deal for... Dubas was in the room, done. man, with the numbers. You got to give him credit. He shifted those around, and he learned from your boy Prudham here in Toronto. <laughs> sure. He did some good shifting. Sure, sure. I thought it was clever as hell. I was going to say, though, with uh, Hoffman getting shot, shipped out of town, like, we were kind of talking before about how there's going to be a lot of competition for those top forward spots for the Habs, so... 
I think this opens the door for like Slavkovsky to yep. be a regular in that top nine. Yep. So and that's what I'm thinking. I don't, is think, happen. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for you guys. I think no. you're gonna have to figure out what to do with Casey DeSmith. I think you're throwing him right to the minors and paying that little penalty yep. there. But I don't think that's gonna nah, be that it's not, big it's of not a gonna deal. Hurt us. Listen to Let's him. Let's see, Montreal Look at is... him glorifying the Montreal Canadiens. I'm marking this hold on, on hold the on. wall, So everybody. Montreal this is... is great. Montreal is 5.1 over the cap right now. So it's going to be... Actually, with the guys they can send to the minors, it, it's not going to be that big of a squeeze. No, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah. Cause I, I was think on a Montreal the, site, and they were saying that because there's also a question of um, isn't... Uh, how much is is Carey Price on the for us this year? 10.5. Okay, but I think that they're going to try to do that. Um, they haven't decided yet because Carey Price not playing. Of course not. But what do you mean would decide to do what with him? The same thing that Toronto doing with the Matt Murray contract. Oh, one hundred percent, they're going to. That's what they did with him last year. But the thing is, you have to be cap compliant day one. So that yes. ten point five is going to count. Yeah. The good thing is you have a lot of players that are not, are uh, sorry, ineligible for waivers. So you could just send them down for free for October first. Call them back, back up, up the next day. Yeah. Okay, so we should be okay there. And I hope Carey Price is okay because I love the guy. I wish we'd see him in the uniform again, but I doubt if we will. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think uh, cap-wise, Montreal is going to be okay for next season. Uh, interesting trade. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh had to go for it. Yep. And San Jose, I mean, not the greatest return for them, but I mean, given the contract, I don't think they and had that much. And given their situation because they're going to be, they're like, they're two years away from two years away. Exactly. Yeah, but and like they couldn't afford to be that picky. I mean, you got the first-round pick. You get Granlund and Hoffman, who at the very least, and Ruda, who are going to be some good players they can throw in yep. your roster. Maybe get something at the deadline for them. I just hope we're in the hunt. We'll have to see. <laughs> anyway, interesting. We never forget that. And yeah. we're still on the Nylander Matthews watch, and nothing's happening. I've heard the Matthews. I've heard rumors that there's some traction in his contract, so we'll see. I wonder how his hair implants are working. <laughs> Hopefully better than they were, what, a few months ago? <laughs> Also, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, give a little shout-out to Diana Taurasi. Oh, yes, yes, 100%. She just scored 10,000 points in the WNBA. And is the question is, she the greatest basketball player of all time? Some people say Cheryl Miller. Some people say Candace Parker. Candace Parker, yep. She's in the conversation, though. Oh, can I just read this off? Because when I got this, I just said, this is insane. And I'm going to go, I'm going to start with the lowest of her accomplishments. She won one Turkish league championship. Not a bad start. Okay, got 10. She won six Euro championships. Okay, Including a stretch of four in a row. Uh, Four in a row. Okay. Oh, by the way, when when she went slumming, when she went slumming, she went to Russia and won seven championships okay seven now here's the other thing and i think this is the hardest one to win is the WNBA. i think that's the hardest one to win of all the women's things and she won three yep and here's her coup de gras two-time finals mvp as well and two times finals mvp not only did she win three national championships and player of the year in connecticut she has responsible for being on five olympic gold medal teams for the united states of america insane no insane. resume in the history of sports looks like that. Congratulations to Diana Tarasso here at the House That Happens. Tarasi. Tarasi. I'm going to vote for her. as, And I love Cheryl Miller. But this this girl may be the greatest. She's the GOAT. I'm going to – and I love Candace Parker. But in her in – this, this, this numbers are just incredible. Congratulations. Um, now go have some babies. Is that what she's wanted to do in her late age? She wanted to have another kid, I heard. I hope she does. It's a little old for her. But just saying a remarkable career here at the House That Happens, we cannot respect that more. Yeah. So, 
At the end of the show, every once in a while, Mr. Milani gives me an opportunity to have a quick rant. And I want to do this because something came up this weekend and I just want to bash these people because I'm not getting it anymore. So can I bring up a little thing that happens in every sports? It's called the Hall of Fame. Go right ahead. Can I start talking about this as the Hall of Shame? Can we cut to the chase here? We just had one of the favorite things of the weekend, the NFL. They have their whole show, and they have the 2023 inductees into the NFL, okay? Yep. And we bring them in, and we say, isn't this grace? First of all, what really pissed me off this year is Scott Rowland played for the Toronto Blue Jays for 15 minutes. That guy's in the Hall of Fame. Screw you, baseball. You guys don't know what you're doing. You know you had to have a committee because you screw up so badly? You had to have a committee because you didn't vote Jack Morris into the Hall of Fame to start with? Oh, sure. So then you had to have a veterans committee to make up for all those writers that hated Jack Morris so much that they couldn't bring him in. So you had to have a special committee just to say, you people are so stupid not to vote in Jack Morris, but you idiots brought in Scott Rowland. Well, we were going to say- Scott Rowland, Jack Morris, come on. I was going to say, there is no group as spiteful as the baseball writers. Okay, exactly. So now you had to have a whole another committee to bring in the guys that you pissed off all these years. (laughs) So what kind of Hall of Fame? It's Hall of Shame. However, this year in the NFL, I had to say, okay, now I'm putting my foot down. Let's look at the inductees of this year's Hall of Fame. Yeah. DeMarcus Ware, eight or nine-time pro bowler? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm digging that, okay? I never seen Chuck Howley play, but he has a pretty good resume. I'm going to put him in there, okay? Okay. If you didn't have Joe Thomas, first ballot Hall of Fame, whatever, you never watched football in your life. <laughs> this guy, I'm drafting him first overall. The guy had, what, 10,000-something consecutive snaps? Joe Thomas. Wow. Okay. Now, this is where I get to get pissed off. <laughs> Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas. Nice family. Played for a team I hated for. I do not. I would not <laughs> vote for him to be a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. Why? Just we bring him in because look at his numbers. He did this or that. I'm questionable about Zach Thomas. But what pisses me off is you voted in Ken Riley, the cornerback who used to play for Kansas City, who is now dead. And that guy was a pro bowler, and he should have been in there when he was alive. Okay? But here's the real thing that pisses me off. Joe Klecko made it from the, what, the sack exchange in New York. Gastineau was bigger at the time. If you want to look at it. So why did Joe Klecko get in backwards? Because here's what really pisses me off. You voted in Don Coriel, the Hall of Fame. What pisses me off is not that you voted him in. The man's been dead for 10 years. He should have been a first ballot Hall of Fame of what he's done for offense. Yeah. Back in the day, with the, he was a guy, him and Steve Walsh are the ones that open up the game. He's one of the reasons why running backs are not worth the money that they are. He's the one that made an expensive explosion so all the kids can say, let's go to Madden. You know all that thing, <laughs> yeah. like that kind of stuff? So how could you take this long to put Don Coriel in, but you voted in Zach Thomas the same year? I think it's an insult to Don, to Don Coriel. I think it's Zach Thomas, congratulations that you made it. But what it's done for me is that I'm really starting to believe that when I see the Hall of Fame, I'm going to start calling it the Hall of Shame because I think Zach Thomas is a Clark Gillies-type entrance into the Hall of Fame, yeah. and I said it. I said it. Clark Gilly shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame either. You know what I mean? Yeah. All you Islander schmucks out there. So in my opinion, I'm saying that what's going to happen in our lifetime is because the the numbers have changed and um, analytics has changed how you look at things. There's going to be a lot of guys that get into the Hall of Fame in the next 10 years that I'm going to question at the same way that I question oh, the Zach Thomas and the Scott Rowland. Yeah. And that's the gospel according to Cruz. Yeah.
You know? I mean, Hall of Fames are kind of a weird one. We kind of treat them like with – one of the best takes I think that Brian Hayes ever had on Overdrive was that, like, the Hall of Fame, it's kind of like – you know, whatever. It's like it treated like as the sacred thing, but really, it's just like, his line was like, "It's a hall with some plaques in it." You know. Oh, you know what, Mister Hayes? I hate to say that, but you've got a point here now because they've de- what do they they've diluted. Oh, of course. They've diluted the things. So the greatness is maybe they should have different rooms because yeah. they say in the when you go to the different NFL, tiers, maybe or something. As they yeah. said in the NFL <laughs> Hall of Fame, they they already started to talk about that. There's NFL Hall of Famers, okay? But I think you look at. Um, I think you look at Barry Sanders a little bit differently than you look at, say, um, what's the guy that, that, that w- played for New England and went to the Jets? Martin. Oh, Curtis Martin. Right, right. Okay, Curtis Martin, great back. Do you think of Curtis Martin the same way you look at Barry Sanders? Oh, sure. It's the same as the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like Steve Eiserman and Dave Andrewchuk are in there, but no one looks at those two the, the same way. There you go. So we'll, yeah. we're going to separate it in, in there. In any event, this was a lot of fun. I hope you like the uh, Sim Kate, Simcoe Day show. Is there anything else you'd like to bring to the table before we go, Mr. Milani? That's about it. So uh, that's it for you two? I'm, I'm believing that it is. And, and so as we say, this is the house that happens. My name is Cruz. And I'm Andrew Milani. And you know that we keep the vibe alive. You can find The House That Happens on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Podchaser, Boomplay, YouTube, and SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at The House That Happens. And follow us on Twitter at House Happens. You can also shoot us an email at thehousethathappens at gmail.com.